make me feel so young You make me feel like spring has sprung Like the way he's speaking His confidence is peaking Don't like his baggy jeans But I'ma like what's underneath him and Love is a guests with me when returning and one new person to join in all the fun so go ahead guys hi i am snarky hag happy to be back and uh i'm uh clayton biscuits uh sam hi welcome sam welcome to the podcast thank you she says very awkwardly even though she's posted 100 of these um (laughs) no i'm gonna i'm gonna actually throw you guys both off and talk about something that's not even on the agenda right off the bat um, I did. The, Damn it! <laughs> my notes. I know. I did the account though, and even though this will be podcast episode like seventy-seven or something like that, in reality, it's actually my hundredth episode. <gasps> I know. It's amazing. I can't believe I've done a hundred of these. Wow. And Do you want uh, Sam and I to perform a rehash of a song badly in yes. honor of one hundred? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> in the theme of one hundred. I want to. I want Ron Joey Ron. Come on, Snarky. Run, Joey, run, Joey, run. I wish I could remember the part where Stephen Tobolowsky's coming out with the shotgun and overalls. He's like doing the he elbow. Wants- when he when he comes out with that shotgun, I, it took me forever to figure out what it reminded me of, and it's um, in Independence Day. When the bus <laughs> so dies. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Oh my goodness. So we're we're incredibly on topic already in five minutes of the, the podcast. You right. started it. I know I did. My favorite thing about my the start is that we're like chit chatting away and then you're like, okay, I need to start. And then there's this pause and I imagine you in your mind going like and scene. Okay. <laughs> I do Hello. Like the end though. <laughs> No, it's more like pause. This is where I can edit it. That's how I can talk. <laughs> yeah, I do that at the end though. I'll like end scene at the end. Um, so, actually, what we are talking today is not actually strictly New New York. I thought it would be fun to kind of touch upon the Kurt and Blaine and Clayne arc and talk about themes and thematic stuff that comes up in this last 
section of season five going into season six, because I think there's a lot of really meaty, good stuff here that is worth kind of going over with a fine tooth comb. And, and, you know, it was two 30 in the morning and I'm like, Oh, this all connects. These guys are brilliant. Even though they probably weren't, but you know, um, in my head, I made it work. So and we'll see if snarky and Sam agree with me. Um, well, for, for one very brief little time, they gave us so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, yeah. Could you imagine if the show had gone on in the style of this New York arc and like how much juicy stuff could, well, I mean, there's still writers writing the show, so who knows? Maybe it's better that we got just a short amount, but yeah. Yeah, I mean the the, the right. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's there's what we there, the thing is is that it didn't happen. So in our heads, there's this world of possibility of what it might have been, sure. um, and I suspect that the reality might have slowly. The disappeared. world of possibility is where fandom comes in and exactly. has a fabulous role to play. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, so I kind of want to kick things off, actually talking about the nine month gap, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coining this term. Nobody ever actually called it this, but I'm calling it that nine, um, nine months. It was from June six. I could be exaggerating. Let's see. Well, it's, I, for some reason, it's, name, fall, it's probably right. June. It's fall. No, it's not. It's January. What? Yeah. In the, in this, <laughs> in this episode, um, Mercedes, oh no, no, sorry. In the next episode, Mercedes has a, a newspaper. This is February. So I, this one's in okay. January. Okay. Yeah. It took oh. a long time for the problems to start. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't know. It could have just been a slow grudge, but you know what? Emma but was Rachel for was an entire year. Rachel was gone. And mm-hmm. for months, but I didn't realize. Well, how, well it seems like she was. Kurt, and Kurt said when when um, when um, Blaine brings him is, ta- is making breakfast in bed, and he said you've been doing this for months. Yeah. yeah. So, so I thought it was like October. Mm. Maybe. Well, no, it's not. It's it's spring at this point. But they're hmm. so cold. <laughs> well, it's cold in January. Well, that's not I thought, spring. I thought it didn't look cold enough for January. It's. Well, Canadian. <laughs> we should probably not start off with a timeline debate because, as our well in Kitty Southern Kelsey, California in January, you still have a oh light jacket. <laughs> well, in Michigan, near close to Ohio, so oh, therefore I'm authority. Um, there you go. I'm kidding. Um, I always assumed it was January, just because based on the other clues that were given throughout the other episodes. It makes the most sense. I've never given it that much thought, so I will bow to that. It doesn't really matter. Plus, I think June to January is not nine months. May to January is. And whatever. Um, and, and like I said, Emma ends up being pregnant for an entire I year. I am going so. to look at... Oh, the wiki says the episode opens a few months after graduation. Why are you listening to the wiki? The wiki has spelling errors. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Pay a hecky instead. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, if you go go back and listen Rachel to... has returned to New York after spending time on the road performing Funny Girl yes um, if you take a look at um, oh listen to the the 100 episode the episode we do 100 because it's Arby and Slayer Kitty and we get a big debate about the, the timeline on that one mm. and so we probably shouldn't react to it <laughs> 
doesn't really matter. This episode has enough time issues in it anyway that I, whatever. Um, discussing the time and then five, ten minutes to discuss claim. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the the big gap. We're gonna call it an undefined gap. Fine. Okay. Um, ah! The trivia section of the wiki says the episode never tells viewers at what time it takes place. However, characters refer to the time as months later, referring out to after graduation, which took place in May slash June. However, judging by the clothing of the characters, it could be around October or November. That's why I'm going with clothing. All right. Okay. And whatever. Whatever. I'm not, whatever. <laughs> There's no snow melt. Oh. There's no, you know what? We're not having this argument. Okay. So. So. Okay. It's much. What did they do in between then and now? (laughs) Oh, right. So, yeah. Let's, what did happen between, you know, graduation. It's been four to nine months. Fine. Four to nine months. And Rachel has been, uh, like you said, Rachel has been out doing her thing. And she just recently moved back in and had Kurt help her. Except for she didn't do carry anything. all of her stuff. Move her stuff in. Um, Sam has been crashing on the couch the entire time. Um, Mercedes isn't there yet. Brittany and Santana have been off in you know lesbian utopia. They're still lesbos. Um, yeah, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, now that I think of it, there really hasn't been that many people at the loft until Rachel moves back in. No. Um, well, Sam it makes me wonder whether things were going really, really, really well up until that point. Like, were things already beginning to tip, or was it adding one more person in that kind of? Well, I'm guessing, you know, kind of like because I, I wrote in my notes a lot of the stuff we see in the New York arc harkens back to Bart's love, love, love speech, which he mm-hmm. gave to Kurt in the car about, you know, first it's going to be a lot of fun where you're dancing around and having a lot of sex and eating pasta in your underwear, and. Then, you know, you're going to start arguing about, you know, who let the milk go bad. And I think that that was intentional. I mean, I, I you know we tried not to give the writers too much credit, but um, <laughs> like, yeah. I think they were setting up their, you know, claim having issues in the second I, half of this. I think so. For however many months, I'm going to go with four. Um, <laughs> there's like, there was like, you know, two or three months there where it was just Clayne and Sam in the loft. Which yeah. was irritating because sometimes they didn't want Sam around, but he was always around. It's hard to have And then Rachel room. comes back as well. And then it feels really crowded. Yeah. Exactly. So there's and definitely a honeymoon phase where things are going fine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, would, it also probably would have been, if Rachel had been away, then Sam would have had his own, I'll, I'll use finger quotes here, room at this point. Because he would have been able to use hers. But when she came back, he would have moved into the couch. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it's fall because classes have started up in Niata again. I'm, I'm comfortable. Yeah, with but I <laughs> November not the second be, semester because Rachel would have semester. missed classes. Wait, has she already kicked out? No, she hasn't. She hasn't. Rachel hasn't missed classes going on tour, so she hasn't missed the the whatever I would call the fall semester, the one that starts up in the fall. As because if it's January, then she's missed a semester of school, which mind you, it's Prop scam school, but. You know, that's different. Oh. I thought she dropped out already by this point. No, no that's bad. That, she does that that's in, in Bash. bash. Oh, I had to think about it for a second, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I, mm. I'm going to go ahead and let you say all of your points, and we're going to agree to disagree on it. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, but you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to say you're wrong. I'm not going to say that you're wrong. All right. uh, uh, Shall we talk about the lyric distribution for Downtown? 
Uh, if you want to, yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, I don't know how. I don't know where you want to start. Well, I'm January. I'm confused. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so really quickly to wrap up the whole gap part of it. <laughs> Never mind. Just no. Wrap up the gap. Let's do it. It's been some months. It's been months later. <laughs> And I, basically, I agree. It's they probably had a very nice honeymoon. You know, every time Sam was not there, I'm sure like they were doing it like bunnies. And but they also weren't talking about things that they probably should be talking about, like what happens when Rachel comes back. What happens? Heart attack with your mouth full. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> well, but also, it's it's different because if, if Blaine moved in right away, then it would have been over the summer. They would have had all of this time to just kind of, uh, you know, play the honeymoon without classes. I think it was the beginning of classes that like signal, it's not even so much the people in the, in the loft. I think the moment that they started to share school as well mm-hmm. as coming home and then the people started coming in. I think that was kind of part of the snowball that, that started yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that goes into like the two big things I kind of wanted to talk about, the two big themes that I think are really prevalent starting in this episode and kind of snowballing all the way into season six are Kurt's issues with intimacy and Blaine's issues with self-identity and how all of that kind of wraps together in this package of issues. I agree. Yes. And I think it's really evident in this episode. Well, and and not just intimacy, but Kurt's, and it's it's a throwback to um, his his. Um, I don't know whether I wouldn't even. I, I think I don't think it's full blown OCD, but he when he's when he's at a loss, when he he needs control, he mm-hmm. needs it's not just yep. intimacy. It's it's that needing control of his environment, the big blow up over the the uh, the office space, and I right. think it's not even so much some. I don't think he even thought about it as as Blaine. It was just it's like when you have somebody with OCD and you start messing with the pens in their cup, um, it, 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 it suddenly doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. There, everything has to get straightened out again before rational conversation can ensue. Exactly. Exactly. And Rachel is emotionally <laughs> a lot, but she yeah. does right. not tell Kurt what chair goes where she's not yeah. in his room. No. She's not like, you know, she has her own and she probably doesn't do her dishes. She probably has other things around. But they cohabitate well because he's the lord of the manor mm-hmm. and she likes to be taken care of. Yep. So she's fine that, like, it, she didn't decorate that loft or change. Like, At she the same time. She have an identity there. Mm-hmm. I think that, well, I mean, do we want to get into, like, because I kind of have the separated with Kurt's issues and Blaine's issues. And do we want to get into the kind of the Kurt or do we want to just cap- table this? So, I don't know. Because, like, let's talk about. What they sing in downtown. Okay, so let's talk about what they sing in downtown. Because I'm okay. interested to hear where you go with this. So, when the episode starts, we obviously have no idea where the heck, like, where Glee is going with this, right? Mm-hmm. So we get this yes. plot exposition of Rachel, and then she starts singing the cute little sound. Mm-hmm. And then Kurt comes singing out of the subway. And you remember Magical how subway. he's the only mm-hmm. one who didn't sing his way to New York. But here he is singing his way into New York in this way, Right. Right. So he he says, just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalks where the neon lights are pretty. How can you lose? So he's just totally all about New York, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And he talks about, oh, the lights are much brighter there. You can forget all your troubles, forget all your cares. So he's singing his way to New York. And then you see Blaine. And Blaine's in the, in the act of buying both of them coffee. And he says, don't hang around and let your problems surround you. There are movie shows. And that's when Kurt enters. So Kurt's the distraction of the movie show. And then Kurt is like, and he says, maybe you know some little places where they never close. And then it's like, then the two of them are together. And so there's this sort of exposition already just with that song about how one of them is more dependent on the relationship to the other and sort of circling around the other. And the other is like going ahead and living a full life in New York. I think Mm -hmm. it says something to Blaine is still living out the song. He's Kurt Mm -hmm. is actually beginning to move forward. And he, he has wanted nothing since his earliest years, but to shed Lima. And, and and get out of there and live his real life. Mm-hmm. And he's starting that. Blaine yeah. is still, um, he, he's, he's still in La La Land. He's still seeing things through the, the, the sort of the haze of, of old films and, and, um, uh, and, and music videos. Like he's, he, he wants that, he wants that romance. He wants that perfect thing. Um, oh, yeah. Sliding so drastically. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that, Oh, I think ahead, he sorry. likes the idea of New York with Kurt, mm-hmm. but how much does he like it without him? Harder yeah. to say. Well, he, exactly. and he also doesn't have a framework to understand it yet. yet. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't experienced it yet. Yeah, this wasn't exactly. his dream. And New York, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it, it, when um, when Rachel and Kurt are in New York um, just before um, uh, their Wicked duet, um, when they yeah. go into the Nationals, and they say Blaine's on board, I bet you he hadn't even thought about New York until that point. Whereas he and Rachel, I think in their own separate ways, have been dreaming of New York for their entire lives. Yeah. So bright. Blaine only ever started to consider New York because of Kurt. Well, I think later on in that song, there's more lines that are about Kurt. So go ahead. Blaine. Yeah, they're about Kurt. So Blaine sings, you may find somebody kind to help and understand you. And then Rachel sings, someone who is just like you and needs a gentle can to guide them along. And both of them, both of those lines reflect, like, the relationship and the needs that they have on him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and I, I was going to say that leads into, very nicely, You Make Me Feel So Young, because that is plain, mm-hmm. oh my god, I, I, like, yeah. saying, you know, we're just like those old, we're going to sing an old Hollywood movie song and, uh, you know, but you are young. You are supposed to be, like, you shouldn't be trying to make each other feel young. You are actually trying to make each other, you guys, yeah. Kurt's right in that you guys are acting like old marrieds. Mm-hmm. And it's kind but of But they a, also a, have the weight of the adult responsibilities on them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but. Well, with, with, you make me feel so young as well. And, uh, again, I have trouble... I have trouble dividing because there was a lot of stuff at the time about, you know, and, and Chris was really beginning to um, pull, pull away from him. Mean, he used to be all in and I don't think he divorced himself from it, but he wasn't all in the way that he used to be. I am and gonna I, table hmm? that conversation just a little bit oh. um, only because um, it, it leads to a longer conversation. I don't necessarily know if I really want to have on the podcast at the I, moment. I, well, and, well, um, I don't even really want to get into it as much as it, it, the only, the only reason I bring it up was because when watching, um, you make me feel so young. 
I, I'm making a lot of assumptions about Kurt on this, and I don't know how much of it is, Chris, but I, uh, what I've noticed with Kurt in that song is I feel like they have done this routine over and over and over again, and Blaine is still full on in, and Kurt is, it's still fun, he's still enjoying it, but it's like there's a part of his brain that's doing the shopping list. And I, I think that's intentional for the story, though. I, I don't know if I... Yeah. For, I, don't I, don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a bored actor thing. Yeah, no, I, I guess just because I, I, I don't see I don't see the bleed because yeah. it's two totally different. Like there's a character mm-hmm. and then there's a person and they're incredibly different. Oh yeah, oh I I, I do know and and as I say it's I, there's just it's just it's that like that little snag um in my brain when I'm watching it where there are moments there are moments throughout this episode with all of them where it's I see the actor more than I see the character. And no, 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 and, it's, and I don't want you to feel bad at all for ever bringing that kind of stuff up. The reason I, I kind of want to curve it is just because at the time, and, and I know that you were really there to experience it, there was all of this discussion about how Chris kind of, like, stopped mm-hmm. liking Glee, and he was just mad to be there, and all this, whatever. And when I, like, personally go back and watch that now, I don't, see, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, and he puts it out into clean. And now, when I go back and look at it, yeah, I do think every once in a while... There might be something, but I don't see it the way I saw it back when it was on. And a lot of it does feel character-driven, especially when season six, Kurt feels fine. And I think a lot of it, I do think that they sat down, Chris and Darren, and said, this is where the end of the season is going. This is where season six is going. And I think a lot of Chris's choices are stemming from that. Now, I do think he may overplay it every once in a while. Like, there are times. And there's definitely editing issues mm. and direction ed- issues and something that Darren Chris had said in his American horror story stuff is that he was watching something and he was so upset because they cut out a scene and the way he played the character, you know, something that was cut out made the scenes A and C make more sense when B was in there and with it cut out, you know, does yeah. it make as much sense? And I'm like, Oh yeah. A lot of times for reasons I don't understand, but a lot of the cinematography, whenever, like there are a lot of instances that Kurt smiles at Blaine, but it's so off to the side or it's focused on Blaine or it's not, it never directly shows Chris smiling at Darren like that. And I don't know why that choice was made, um, but a lot of times, so that's just my- There's been a lot of weird, I I mean, one one thing that I, um, uh, there was, what, what song? Oh, I know, Rockstar. Um, in Rockstar, and and it's this is a constant thing throughout Glee's history. Kurt's um, uh, uh, choruses, Kurt's verses, often got cut from the show. Mm-hmm. They'd be in the released version, but when you listen to Rockstar, he actually has very few solos in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You only have "Take a Ticket" and "Get Off the Line," and I think it it stems into the editing as well. There's something odd about how they sometimes. Anyway, yes, yeah, that's another that's thing. like well, the the one of the big um one of the big moments is that people always get pissy about is the end of season four in that lesbian scene. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, Kurt's not happy, and he actually like when you watch like the background or when it's on the other point of view when it's the Liz and Jan and not Kurt and Blaine, mm-hmm. you can see Kurt smiling and having a good time. Why they edited it so it looked no. like he was cold and dis? I don't know, but it wasn't. I yeah, can't yeah. put all the blame on Chris. So, no, yeah. no, and, and, and again, I—I I mean, I—I I, I, no, this will get this will get sort of. That's okay. But um, and 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 I—that was why I tried to precursor it. I—that I, wasn't meant to be a Chris has checked out. It, but it tied in with that 
um, there was obviously there was already friction at this point, and so and because I was aware of it, I have trouble viewing it oh, entirely okay. without that lens. Oh, okay. I see. I, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I just like stopped all fair. over you too. I feel so bad. I just, I, it, it's like, I always feel so bad when I like kind of just <laughs> jump on people. He's <laughs> a new guest. No, it's more. It's just like I am so like having all of these conversations about like the actors and how much they were into it and you know dealing on the opposite side of tin hatters being obnoxious mm. and i just get i'm like let's look at canon from like canon and so so i'm sorry yeah. for like jumping <laughs> on your point i feel really bad but no but that's just, kind of where i was coming from so yeah no oh and i and i get that and as i said never wanted it to become a major point point discussion but it's it there are a couple of moments but not just with him where uh, and I, it, again, it's like they took, they used the wrong take or something. There's one point where it's Leah. It's not Rachel. It's Leah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and there's one point where it's Darren. It's it's really not Blaine. And he never leads. <laughs> like you know, he's usually really solidly Blaine. And so it was like by transferring it to New York, they had to really work to find the character again because it was beginning to reflect them as actors. I, um, oh, I just had a thought that I wanted to, um, go off of that. Uh, Sorry. Oh, yes, one thing, um, and we talked about this on the other podcast, so I may not really need to, well, we might end up talking about it a little bit. I do think something that I've noticed in the whole New York as a whole, a lot of people got really focused on the Kurt and Blaine stuff, mm-hmm. but, uh, or Kurt being kind of unsettled in his own relationship but if you want to take a look at the person he is super not happy with almost the entire new york run it's rachel oh yeah like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's done with rachel so but we can we might get into that a little bit later um because i do want to bring up kurt and rachel's dynamic and stuff like that so yeah okay so we can all right so where are we starting (laughs) okay so wake up in the bed everybody freaks out this is where i wrote key smash <laughs> I wrote key smash. Clean is in the bed. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Uh, in the bed. It's such a sweet. It is a sweet. I, and I do like. You know, there is this unsettling thing a little bit during. Um, during you make me feel so young, but at the end of it, when they yeah. get back from shopping. Oh, that's lovely. So the whole thing is lovely. I mean, really, the whole like. Mm-hmm. No. No, go ahead. Gosh, you can gosh. That's where we're here. Well, for. it's just like it's this side that we've been. It's it's like everything we've been waiting for, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And there's all these cute little things, and there's so much that happens just between Kurt like waking up and sitting down before breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like there's so that scene has so much packed into it. Um, it's a Wednesday. Which I noted because I was trying to figure out if it's this is like because remember I said I think it's, I think this is te- technically like a week, right? Like New York week. Um, so this one starts on a Wednesday. So you sort of you're starting in the middle of the story, which I think is very mm-hmm. fitting. Um, yep. It's seven forty-five in the morning when Blaine gets out of bed. Mm-hmm. I zoomed in on the clock. <laughs> I, that's, and I was going to really, say I like the fact that they take a moment to talk about how well they know each other in some ways and they have this like sort of magical moment and Blaine reflects on how he amazed he is that they're actually doing it. And then he describes all this stuff that um, 
sounds very romantic in the moment, but by the time you get to the end of the episode and you think back on it, you're like, oh yeah, maybe that was a little bit much. But remember what Kurt wanted senior year yeah. is to see him every day. And that is exactly what he's getting. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, And, and when he gets dressed later on, he's wearing the same shirt that he wears when he says, I want my senior year to be magic and I want you to be there every day. Exactly, exactly. Um, be careful what you wish for. Well, and you know what's interesting? I thought of something else, though. Like, I bet Kurt is not a morning person. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> You know, yeah. playing, making breakfast. It's like, oh, God. Like, I just want to sleep for three more hours. I don't class until 12. Like, why are you doing this to me, you know? And well, it's kind of canon that he's really grumpy when he wakes up. I mean, you know, anytime. Well, he's so like, adorably <laughs> rumpled when he rolls out of that curtain. Yeah. He's like, huh? What happened? <laughs> oh, that smells no. good. Food? <sighs> okay, what can so. I do to help? Love you, Donnie. Oh, there's coffee. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> exactly. And and Blaine's so happy to please. He's so... He is in his little grandpa slippers. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> I um, do like in the little conversation they have before they sing the song is that they do the very typical dynamic, which I don't think is bad at all, where um, Blaine is being very endearing and Kurt adds in a little bit of humor. And it's not to cut away from the romance of the moment, but like he... He bright he lightens up the mood with these little comments, mm-hmm. um, and it sort of says like, you know, Blaine is so happily complete, and Kurt's like in Bushwick, like, don't like I want a little bit more than just Bushwick. Like, there's yeah. you can tell that there's some things that he wants a little bit more of, and clearly some part of it is probably Rachel and Sam moving out and maybe getting a door. Um, maybe that would be enough, and maybe Blaine needs to not be in six eighths of his classes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But well, they do I, have kind of a great moment where it's like, you know, not it's a very realistic, healthy looking relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's even in the arguments that they have and some of the issues that they have, it's not bad or toxic yeah. or really problematic the way so many relationships in Glee are. It's like, oh, they just have to like put some effort in. Or just in general in TV and you like you watch these relationships and you're like you know, this person is hot and this person is hot and they're dating because they're hot, but then, you know, they have nothing in common and Mm -hmm. they don't seem to like each other. And why are these people together? Why do we care that they're together? Like, it doesn't make any sense, but I think they've put in enough time. The show clean makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. So it's like, it shows a relationship that's, you know, mildly imperfect, but still in the honeymoon phase. And, and they're when also, they come in, and they're 18, they're 18 with the yeah. toothbrushing, and they're buying the groceries, and they are having the best day. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I view this through the lens of my college years, and you know, college mm-hmm. boyfriend. And let me tell you, it was didn't look like that. <laughs> no, no. Something that was brought up um, with Sladius and Pink that I think is very relevant. Um, is the fact that they're still being written as these, you know, 18, 19 year old kids, but they, because they are now allowed to look older, they now look like they're in their mid twenties and it's easy that it's easy to forget what what they are 35 now. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm 35. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Blaine looks 30. Yeah, he does. Um, and the grandpa's slippers aren't helping. No. 
but with that, it's hard, to, you know, because I think a lot of, I mean, even though we'll get into more of what specifically their issues are later, but they are still young and still trying to figure it out. And they don't have the experience tools. I mean, yeah, they did break up once, but like, they yeah. still are it's being all really so totally stupid. different. So totally yeah. different. Well, exactly. And Blaine's been, you know, the, the, the headcanon is he's been living at home with absentee parents. So he's been alone and missing people. And Kurt's an only child who now has this fucking irritating sister that he loves, but he lives with her and she's a lot. And so like what they want out of a house, if you think back into their meta is just different enough that when you add in Rachel and Sam, and even I'm sure Artie and the is busy all, all the time. stuff. You know, I, I just thought of something. This is just my own personal head plan and that you can chew down. But I'm guessing Artie is over a lot. And then Sam, Artie, and, and Blaine are probably always playing video games. And Kurt just wants to read Vogue or have a nice quiet in, evening so he yeah. can ha- sleep with his boyfriend. And he's not getting that because yeah. all of X, Y, and Z. And so yeah. as evidence, when they get back from shopping and it's time for sexy times and <laughs> Sam comes in. So Yeah. And then Sam takes the ice cream into the shower I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i like to eat my ice cream i would make such serious but, but at least they gave him a reason to be gone for a little while he was yeah. running to the statue of liberty or no that's in water um <laughs> pony island that's where he went oh man that's so funny he ran so fast he made it all the way to the statue that's fantastic. Like an incredible. Um, so. <laughs> and we have to also remember this morning happens the day after all of the bed bug stuff. So. Yes. They, yes. Kurt's already, if he's getting, like, they were stayed up all night clean, disinfecting the house. Kurt's yes. probably only had four hours of sleep. So he's already not going to be in a great mood. He's had some coffee. He didn't get his second breakfast. We'll just call it that. And then he, you know. They buy a lot of groceries. They get Sam the ice cream. Clearly, Sam is not in the shower very long. Is it the same day? I felt I felt like there was there was kind of time movement there. I I kind of felt like the the um uh, by the time things blow up and they're they're he's talking to to Elliot. I thought that a couple of days and like maybe a couple. No, of no, same outfits. No, same, same outfits. outfits. Oh yeah, that would be why I'm talking about outfits. The outfits yeah, yeah. that they're wearing in the bed book scene are the outfits that they are wearing when yeah. they're singing downtown. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't so know that's, that. that's, oh, yeah, well, you got to pay attention to the clothing. Um, <laughs> so out of so, so the downtown thing is a Tuesday. Okay. Um, and this is Wednesday. And then Wednesday, they're at 7.45 in the morning, Blaine gets up to make breakfast. <laughs> Even though they've been up all night with their silkwood showers. <laughs> Part of this is You know what, though? You know what's like, interesting, though, is... That later on, Blaine's going to say um, something about Kurt's, not Blaine, Sam's going to say to Blaine um, that Kurt's stuff, furniture hurts him. Oh, and I wonder yeah. if that's I why, about that. if that's one of the reasons why, if Blaine knew that before and knew that that's why Blaine wanted to go get a new couch, was because, you know. No, because that's. So maybe Blaine also thinks that Kurt's vintage stuff is uncomfortable. Maybe everybody thinks that. Or but, he just to can't contribute to the the he wants to contribute yeah he wants to oh definitely Kurt gave him an a for effort (laughs) he did but then it was yeah and it can be really hard like 
if you are an only child and used to getting your own way, sharing and just the concept of like, you know, <laughs> making mm-hmm. sure it went it's not all way about you. better than the last time he had to decorate with someone. All things considered, <laughs> that's true. True. That's it. And we've seen him angrily produce swatches many times in the past. Well, yes. you know, and I wonder if it's big for Kurt. What do you guys think of this? That, you know, Kurt's always had, you know, he obviously decorated the whole thing because uh, Rachel doesn't care about interior design. And, but he has been planning what he's going to have in his apartment probably since, mm-hmm. you know, doing those swatches that he made, mm-hmm. you know, for Finn to look at. And Blaine probably just nodding along just kind of the same way almost. Like, I'm sure Blaine had more of an input in some respects that he'd be more interested in interior design than Finn. But at the same time, yeah. I think Kurt was like, we're doing this and we're doing this and this and not, you know, obviously Blaine didn't really have much of a say and they didn't really talk about it when Blaine moved in. He was and just so happy to be there. if his plan for Blaine to have his own space is the space that Sam inhabits. Like, oh, well, you know, when Blaine needs his own space, he steps out of our bedroom, my bedroom, and he goes mm-hmm. in the living room and he sits or even on the couch. when Rachel is there. Like, I mean, that's the thing that's so like squeal worthy kicky feet amazing about the end of this season mm-hmm. when Blaine walks in with a tiny roller bag that cannot possibly hold all of his things. But Kurt's there <laughs> with open arms and he's got the he set up the office space just the way he wanted it. Yes. And he's like, look, I made space for you in our home. And Rachel's there, of course. <laughs> it's, but, one, you know, it's also Kurt's been Kurt's given him the space that he wanted, but he's also set it up exactly as Kurt's he wants it. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I mean exactly. he knows how the folders need to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well and then it doesn't I will say just to be the downer of the bunch, um because I had to think a lot about this when I was writing that fic a couple of years ago. Um I think that that was a band-aid over some deeper issues that they had going on. And that Kurt, it wasn't necessarily a Kurt sure. and Blaine's relationship issue. It was a Kurt had some issues of his own that he hadn't worked out that unfortunately had some ramifications on Blaine and his real and the relationship. But you know, the act of a throwback him saying to- I hear what you're saying. You I wanted this space. I, like, you know, yeah. I, I, yes, I am actively listening. <laughs> <laughs> nice like robot, I say, so. I think it's a throwback to that. Like, it's the same sort of thing where he, he's, he's taking some of it in, but he's really not understanding why he's doing, like, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's got part of the puzzle piece, but he's not got the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Well, it takes him some time to process. Oh, yeah. Well, and and it comes up, I mean, you know, when they go into in season six, they're both in therapy. They both should have been in therapy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So. so I I do, because we were talking about the furniture, I want to bring up. So um, Blaine comes home and Sam's on the couch. And mm-hmm. he announces that, that um, he's been sitting there since he left. And he's been there. Like, this, is, this has just been, like, his spot for a really long time. And Sam's response is, yeah, well, fan- Kurt's fancy wire chairs hurt my back, so this sofa is the only thing that's comfortable. And I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting that Kurt has all these things with style, but really aren't comfortable enough to make people want to stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it could be part of Kurt's master plan. I mean, I'm guessing Kurt doesn't want people to stay anyway, but no, I yeah. don't. I'm just, yeah. I mean, um, I don't care how uncomfortable something is. If it's a nice-looking chair, I might choose it. Um, so I, I agree with that point that Kurt has there. See, and I'm the opposite. I will say I'm the opposite with that. I'm like, my fur- living room furniture, I kid you not, 
is the most mismatched god awful stuff ever. But whatever, I'm comfortable. <laughs> like it works. So that's just me. But I will never have an interior design degree. So So Sam clearly is not adhering to Kurt's master plan. No. Well, no. And I can see part of Kurt's master plan. <laughs> And I do like that Sam complains that, like, it's not an issue because Santana stayed here for months. And that was an issue. that They just didn't get, like, that didn't go well either. Yeah, no, it did not. Um, so, but Blaine and Sam don't really know-know that. I mean, like, yeah, I'm no, sure. no one does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no so. one can possibly assume that living with Santana was smooth. Well, <laughs> or Rachel. Or Rachel. I, I also think that. Kurt coming from his issues with Santana and Rachel too, just like he makes him want to be in more control of certain yeah. things just because he yeah. was so not in control of anything that happened during that whole fiasco. Yeah. And he just so. wants to have his perfect apartment well, with, him, with his is, boyfriend who's doing exactly what he wants all the time. The other thing is, is that Kurt, Kurt again, I, I kind of pull back to Kurt in Ohio has spent, since his earliest years, dreaming and planning mm-hmm. his getaway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. imagine the any story, of it involving carrying the baggage with him, which is essentially what he's done by all mm-hmm. of his friends coming and refusing to leave. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, Kurt has always had this, like, he kind of sees, uh, you know, Blaine as, like, you know, this. You know, you know, Blaine hurt him, and now he's back to acting like Prince Blaine again. But it's like Kurt, no, you, he's a real person and real issues, and you know, you need to really deal with that. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. What What else is on your list? I think he also wanna... sort of expects Blaine to just slot into his master plan yeah. easier. Um. And Blaine does that plenty. There's plenty of places where they work, but not totally flawlessly no Kurt's always surprised when Blaine does not go do things the way he expects Blaine to do things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so but yeah no you're and you're right he he he's they each have a, a particular um version of themselves well it's a bit like later on where Blaine is is um, at one point where Blaine is seeing the um first version of Kurt that he ever met Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, exactly it's like they've got these idealized versions of themselves when they saw each other as their saviors from whatever you know it when um they're not letting themselves grow up right right exactly and i think that's i think that is one of the big things that Going into season six, and I know I'll talk way more about it when we get into season six. I know that season six doesn't work for a lot of people, and I get it. I, they needed more scenes. They needed a few more beats in there. But I think the big difference is, is that they have grown up in a lot of ways. And they they are not destined to follow the same remarks because I don't think that they, even at the beginning of season six, they are not the same people that they were at, the, like, say, the beginning of season five. I, yeah. I loved the season six curtain blame. Um, I, I don't necessarily like there. I don't like everything about season six. Um, but I, I, I really appreciated the, the, within a very limited space of time, the arc they let them have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked what we got. I would have yeah. wanted 
you know, it leaves me wanting, but (laughs) I, I don't hate anything that we got. No. And it makes sense to me, but, um, we'll, we'll get into more of that later. Um, so anyway, um, back to the episode. Uh, Um, so yeah, we've get, you know, them going on their own adventures and Blaine helps Sam and Kurt Mm -hmm. goes to Elliot to talk about, you know, I, can we talk about mime class? I I live for mime class. Mime class is great because it's, yeah. It's a totally comedic way to deal with Kurt starting to have, you know, he's just thinking things out. But I love the way they play it. Yes. I love that Blaine is oblivious. And I love I don't everything. think he's 100% oblivious. I mean, he's oblivious to the space thing. But he yeah, asks I just, Kurt outright, like, am I giving, he knows, he, I think Blaine deep down knows that there's, Kurt's yeah. not feeling right. Well, and sure. Blaine doesn't know how to combat. Well, that. Kurt doesn't he look at him it. and have the. Like he's on the office, but yeah. I just I love everything that the teacher says. Yeah. I love everything like everything about that is amazing. There is a moment, there is a moment that had me absolutely dying, and I don't even know if I noticed this the first time around. And it was it uh, it was when uh, um, Blaine I think was talking about all of the classes that he had, and Kurt was holding the flower in his hand, and his hand went limp, and it was like <laughs> the whole thing. The flower wilted at exactly that moment. It was just, it was just, he had a completely stony face and his hand just dropped. Can and I you read are some s- of the lines from my yeah, class that ahead. I love so much? Go ahead. So the teacher says, let us begin our work today with the mime's most heartbreaking expression of his accursed silent ennui. The pulling <laughs> of the invisible rope attached to something heavy. And then Blaine shows up. Yep. And Kurt's all, like, shocked and confused. And that's when he announces that he's in six of the eight classes. And Kurt's just like, how? How is that possible? And he, like, sort of, really, he moonwalks over. And um, Kurt talks about, you know, they haven't had a moment to themselves, which is interesting. And then Blaine asks, you know, are you sure? It's not me who's crowding you? And Kurt says, no, why would you say that? And he looks, he makes the face of, like, oh, my God. And then Blaine's like, oh, good, I was really worried that I was suffocating you. And then, like, he lists all this, like all the things they do together. And then the teacher starts to say, and now you are trapped with the person next to you in the box. <laughs> At first, the box seems big enough for the two of you, but then it begins to shrink. The box where you live, because that is all the mime can afford, getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> and you see Blaine, like... Yeah encroachingly like putting his hands on the front of the box in front of Kurt and in his face and the camera is scooting in on them <laughs> and it's so fabulous because oh, Blaine yeah. is like a doe-eyed idiot in that moment he's just happily yeah. miming in the box oh by the end of that scene you know exactly where Kurt's mind space is yeah your skin yeah. is crawling yeah. with it because we've all you've all we've all had that feeling at some mm-hmm. point Yep. Well, you know what I think is funny? This is an offshoot comment that isn't really related, but I do think that one of the most, like, this scene is one of the more, like, uh, subtexty ones of the whole thing. And it just, like, I don't know. It makes it very comedic, but does gets all that, like, subtext in there. And, like, Glee usually just plays everything so straight that mm-hmm. it's it's nice to have something kind of different in there but i also think it's kind of hilarious that in between kurt and blaine during that entire scene until blaine makes the way over is chris's real life boyfriend <laughs> and like so it's like a fourth wall break within the whole subtext meta it just cracks me up every time i see it yeah. anyway yeah. it's great so anyway um it just made me wonder who are all the 
the other people in mime class? Are they other people? Just whoever they had hanging around that day? Like, yeah, exactly. Are these like the people who do costumes? Is there like a gaffer in there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, because Leah's parents are in there somewhere. Leah's parent, Leah's dad shows up at the end, and then yeah, during the people sequence. And then um, Darren's parents will be back in opening night. Um, yeah. Darren's parents make like three cameos on this show, actually, <laughs> which I didn't know until recently. But anyway, Will was in twice, wasn't he? No, just the one. There was another scene he was in at some point, and I can't I remember. Think there might be. Oh, he was. He was in one of. Was he there during "I'm Still Here"? Just like oh, yes. way in the background. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was it. Yep. I yeah. completely forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think this was the time when they're like, okay, get your family members in. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're in this thing. Fifth, fifth season was, it was such a weird time because we had all of these, pro- all of these hopes of, of spinoffs and, and, and Glee going in. And then we had, we'd been, it had been renewed for the sixth season. And then all of a sudden, like the ground got cut out from under us. So it oh. makes- wonder how long that had been going on behind the scenes so it must have made it very difficult to to plan an arc well actually we get into that a little bit with um with the other episode because Sladius is knowledgeable about these things Mm -hmm. um she she well i i don't know how much she wants to say but anyway she knows about these things so she actually talks about it so i don't exactly remember what she said but listen to that mm, okay. podcast and you'll get some of the answers quite uh, questions answered yeah, yeah. um so so yeah um i do know that when they said they had five and six they when they redid it for five and six they said they knew that six was going to be the end so i do think there was some yeah overarching stuff but Curtain who knows was supposed to break up at the end of season five yeah um, I do think that that was, the, and then carry, and then carry through, and then their arc in season six. Um, so they just, but I think they put them together because in case they weren't going to be allowed to have any of seasons, right? They wanted a happy ending. Yep. Which I think it works okay. I mean, I know it's a little hmm. bit jarring, but I think I think it works. So yeah. Well, Glee um, doesn't really do like cliffhangers. No. Except for uh, except for season four. Well, sure. They're like Quinn, jump in front of this truck. <laughs> or three. That was Quinn. Two. Do this. <laughs> Quinn, we need something terrible to happen. Can you Quinn. do this? <laughs> Is there anybody we can poison? Oh, Quinn. <laughs> Poor Quinn. Oh my God. They could not figure out. No. She two bad choices and she really paid for them. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just really quickly about the, the Kurt and Elliot thing. I want to mention that later on in the episode, Elliot's going to tell Blaine... Kurt never shuts up about you. Oh. And even though we don't see it very much, if you look at the Kurt and Elliot scene, we he's talking it. about Blaine. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He won't shut up about Blaine. Like he yeah. never paid any attention about t- except for talking about Blaine. So I'm guessing that when they have this scene, Elliot's like, oh God. Like yeah. you guys are Elliot's fine. Like, I just want to talk about a song. Oh, oh God. Here we go. Okay, really here comes the advice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and I but that Elliot... is still later on that same day. So I guess during mime class, you like change into your special all black ninja comfy ninja suits, yep, exactly. and then you take out because got to be appropriate. Yep. So, but I do like what Elliot says too, and it's just I think that if Elliot really believed that like Kurt and Blaine weren't 
weren't uh, uh, for each other, whatever, he'd say it. He just straight out. Yeah, like, and remember that Elliot doesn't have that much, like, everything about their relationship is from the filter of Kurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have, he's doesn't, he's not an independent actor. I mean, he sees them when he sees them, but he's not playing Don't Talk. They're not friends on Facebook. Um, Oh my God. So so the fact that like through the filter of Kurt, Elliot is saying, you guys have this amazing relationship and I'm super jealous. Yeah. You know, and he didn't need to say all those things. Yeah. And it's interesting because he says that, but obviously, I mean, Kurt's been talking about um, what had happened the other night. Obviously, he's not just saying all of the really great stuff, right. um, but obviously the balance of what he's hearing makes him feel like this is yeah. a really good thing. And clearly, it's not the first time he had to hear about their sex life. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think also, and I, I kind of wish we had gotten this more earlier in the season. I know there's a limited time and you only have Adam Lambert for so long and New York stuff is only for so long, but there would have been nice if there was a scene... Like with Adam and Adam, Adam Lambert, with Elliot and Kurt. Yeah, his name is Kurt. Like the dragon and Pete's dragon. <laughs> That's right. I just um, that you know, Kurt both is magical going, creatures. You can tell there's times when when Kurt will get really excited. He's like, "Oh, Blaine's coming, and we're gonna do this, and we talk about this." And then Blaine is like, and you can even see Kurt probably slipping into something inappropriate, like, "Oh, Blaine wants to do this really weird thing." And then, what do you think? Like, you think? And, Kurt, and Elliot's just like, "Oh my God, why are we talking about this?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. And so it's not always bad things. Like no. Kurt probably just you know chatters away about all things Blaine, and and you know. And I think he's another gay man he can be friends with so he can mm-hmm. that he's not gonna say there's going to be more comfort there so you can be like wow my ankle really hurts really why yeah. well i was you know yeah so they've shown in other they've shown in other um episodes that kurt talks about blaine and and quite um adoringly to other people i sometimes right. he, he he finds it very easy to talk about how much he loves blaine to other people but what, like in the the, the dialogue, make me feel so young. He deflects from the really um, emotional chatter um, with with kind of humor. It's not until they get there, they've gone through their fight, and he sort of you see all of the artifice kind of drop from him, and mm-hmm. he looks Blaine in the eyes and says, "You know that, right? I love you." Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But it's you get the feeling that Kurt finds it very easy to wax. Um, romantic about Blaine to other people, but maybe forgets to say it to Blaine. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Well, he says it to Blaine with his hands. Yeah, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. No, and it's not what... Yeah, what... It's It's not enough. Sometimes it's just not enough. Sometimes it's enough. Sometimes it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And Blaine also likes to be the person who shows up with the flowers more than he likes to be the person who gets the flowers. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to tell... When he needs the damn flowers. Self-worth issues. Uh, uh, it's 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 one of those things where it's hard to receive, like something a gift when you sometimes you doubt whether you really. I think he's still fighting through some of the guilt stuff from what happened before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to be oh, on yeah. the receiving end when you don't really know if you deserve to be on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. But you know, before he even goes to talk to Elliot, is when we have the scene where. There, he's all excited about Artie's SVU moment. Oh yeah, and Blaine's working the Soda Stream machine, which I love. I love it. But when he I, says, 
I'm sorry about him. He just needs his needs bubbles. His bubbles. That is but at the end a... of that scene, you see Rachel being difficult and Blaine working the bubble machine. And he's rubbing his temples like, oh, my God. Exactly. So when he goes to see Elliot, he has to unload about some stuff. And he's had a really hard day. Like, they had the bud bugs. They didn't mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. He got to have his pancakes. Then Sam came home. Then he, and goes he didn't to have class. his sausage. he didn't have his upkeep we'll go with upkeep then they go to class blaine shows up then they come home there's something exciting happened with rachel something exciting happening with artie but then rachel's being weird and being difficult and blaine's running the damn soda seam machine which i love it when he says he's gonna throw it out the window (laughs) but i also think that time he goes to see elliot he's like had a really hard day so when he says like oh, i don't know about like how things are working out like this day has been a lot everything yeah yeah um but i think that's it's uh it's the you know going back to what bert said it's the milk going bad is that soda machine it's just mm-hmm. you know and yeah. I, kurt doesn't recognize that and he's just not experienced enough to recognize like oh yeah there's gonna be these hard sucky days you know, and I'm talking about like in the future as to why he breaks up with him in season six more so than why they have this argument here. But like, yeah. um, well, you know, well, Blaine's got the irritating soda machine and Kurt has all this fucking uncomfortable furniture. Right. Wait, I'm in my notes now to the part where he's talking about Blaine bought that Blaine bought it off the back of a truck because Kurt's this is the quote carefully chosen from Chelsea's finest flea markets. Isn't that comfortable? So, yeah. independently of Sam saying the chairs are uncomfortable, Blaine's buying a more comfortable sofa. Right. Exactly. Which did look cute, and Kurt perched on it, and that was adorable. Kurt was totally down with it until the bed bugs. Oh, yeah. Exactly. He was, like, gonna drum like a French girl. He was down for it. But well, then it turned horrific, which for me was comedic, and it was great. I, also I love like... when he sprays him in the face with the cleanser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also like during the talk with Elliot though, he's like, Oh, sound I don't not to sound like a bad Bravo show. Well, it's like, honey, maybe you should stop watching all the bad Bravo shows. Like, you know, mm. if you're this only who, that's who he is as a person. I know. He's not gonna stop. But I'm just saying when you sometimes when you get wrapped up in like, you know, like lately I've been all in the superheroes and I keep coming into work like with my sunglasses and I'm like, I'm so awesome and I can fly a few stairs. <laughs> Obviously I can't, but like my coworkers have noticed and they're like, what is with you? Like I just, you know, all the superhero movies. And and that's just what happens sometimes. You get caught up in the drama of whatever you're kind of into and then you need to take a step back and be like, no, this is not real life. I can't yeah. really fly. Whatever. So Yeah. I actually really, really enjoy um all the stuff that Elliot says, which is like, calm down. Yeah. You exactly. just need to set some boundaries. Yep. Like, yep, like yep, yep. I fine. always, yeah. Would oh, you remember, do you remember getting into a lot of these conversations when I was writing, you know, that uh, Big Bang piece? Because, like, mm-hmm. this stuff is stuff I had to go over and over and over again to make it make sense to get into season six. And then I'm like, it all works. I'm making it make sense. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Kurt's had a really eventful Wednesday. Yeah. And then he sees Elliot. Yeah. And True. then a day happens. Then there's a ne- then it's the next day because it's different clothes. Close. And, and that's when Sam Bane, gets a Bane. haircut. He's and not moves. the guy from Batman. He's not Bane. Blaine um, <laughs> is taping the He's floor. He's Nightbird. And He's Kurt came home at a different time, so it must be one of the two classes that he doesn't have <laughs> with Blaine. 
<laughs> and he comes home, and um, and I love that they are just totally on different pages about it. Like, yeah. Blaine thinks this is going to help. It makes it so much worse. Oh it's a, such a realistic, great fight. I love it when he says, yeah. calm down, psycho. <laughs> it's fabulous. I love it when when he throws back the uh, the curtains being non-functional. Yeah. Well, and you know, I really, I think one of the things that I really like about this fight is Blaine pushing back. And I think one yeah. of the reasons why it is a fight is because Blaine is finally like, fuck this, we are always doing it your way, I need to have it my way, at least 10% of the time. Yeah, like, it's not functional, you know, and functional yeah. matters. Exactly. Well, and it's so funny, like, you know... No, sorry, the thought's gone. Well, I think... I think <laughs> and there is that moment, there is that moment when Kent... Kent what's, his, what's his name? <laughs> not Kent Parsons, what's his name? Oh yeah, Kurt. Um, <laughs> you okay, says, Snarky? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Um, he accidentally calls it like his space as opposed to mm-hmm. their space. Yep. Which I think that he does feel like it's more like it's his space that he's sharing with Blaine. And right, it's been it was his space first. It's a big adjustment. It doesn't make him evil. He is mm-hmm. wrong. No. Um. Well, and he he grew into this environment when he was going through a really horrible time when he got into New York. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this has been his therapy like all of the the mm-hmm. you know everything that he has put together in here has been him putting himself back together again in new york right yeah. at yeah. the same time blaine is right too because oh, yeah. i mean like for example like i share a, a space with my brother and i and I, I, you know, I have three brothers i've shared my space with two of them and both of them have had the same complaints that they're like why is it like your space is like the living room and the kitchen and your bedroom and I just get my bedroom? Like I feel like I have nothing. And both of them have expressed this to me. So like when this episode aired, like I'm like, oh, I get that. Like that makes total sense because I've had. And this is just with you know family. This is not even with a partner who you expect to to have a little bit more of like you know an our mentality. Yeah. But that's a very hard thing for Kurt. I mean, so. I I love at the end of this fight also like Blaine basically says these curtains are stupid and they don't do anything and at the end of the argument Kurt angrily closes the curtain <laughs> like he can't <laughs> slam a door but it's like like he's in the shower <laughs> exactly well I always said that one of the biggest things is that if they had had a place where they could slam doors mm-hmm. and just have some space from each other because they are doors yeah that I think it would have gone a long way <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean Blaine's not wrong I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get it. No, this is, you know, Kurt's in, he's entering his sanctuary and he doesn't want to see a hideous workspace. <laughs> but it's, and, it, and I think this is one of those areas where their age shows. Because, yes. You know, in a, in a mature relationship, when somebody's moving in, you say, okay, you know, this is, this has been, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm moving into a space that we share. I feel like I'm moving into your space. Okay, right, exactly. What can, do, what can we do to kind of see, you know, move you in, seam you in? But you're moving in, you're 18, you don't have any of your own stuff. <laughs> yeah. He like, didn't, and this is some, one of the things they didn't talk about before they moved in. Yeah. And yeah. like, and I, there's I no robots or cameras or polo trophies. None of Blaine's stuff is there. But then we never yeah. see Blaine's room in New York either. We don't True. see him in his no. other apartment. No, but and the, when uh, he moved in, Rachel was gone for the most part. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think also, and we'll get into this more when we talk more about the like the actual cinematic stuff. Um, that Blaine is still feeling feeling insecure and feeling like if he doesn't do everything that he can to hold on to Kurt, like he's gonna lose him again. He's already done that. Yeah. That has already happened. He doesn't yeah. want to do that. I mean, again. He he's so convinced that Elliot's out to 
take Kurt I, like out to get Kurt because he sees like you know he sees the value there and he's like I don't want my I mean if you're I'm going to talk about him like he's a thing but that's not really right. like I don't want my valuable thing stolen exactly. but well I think valuable it's, so anybody would steal it anybody in their right mind would steal it I I don't know if it's so much that as it's like you know Kurt feels distance from me maybe I can come up with a reason that isn't our relationship that's an issue. Oh, Elliot's there. It's got to be Elliot. But it's just... Yeah. But he does, when I don't think he like, really believes it. Kurt says they were talking, and Blaine's response is, I bet you were talking. And he's like, he's my friend. Oh, I bet he's your friend. Like, he can't possibly just be your friend and not want to bone you, because that's just he, not how it works. That's not reality, Kurt. I've met you. That's how it is. <laughs> he brings that like, role picture um, a little bit later. And I think this is... It, that's the crux of it is that he just they I mean let's face it they look beautiful together that picture mm -hmm. that selfie yeah. um I, that would play on his mind in a huge way yeah well just and they uh, share again things that Blaine doesn't share I mean when we get to see Elliot's apartment he has that sewing space right in his kitchen like you can tell why these two are friends uh-huh right but I think also I mean it just again if Blaine was an incredibly insecure if, if he was here in that if he was secure with Kurt, like Elliot wouldn't even be an issue. It's just because all of these things are weighing on him and mm -hmm. he wants to make it perfect. And it's not like, Oh, you know, we, I can blame Elliot. And, um, but, and, and I like one of the things that is, is something that I, I like always want to point out about Kurt that I think maybe Blaine stands miss um, is the fact that Kurt is like, when, when Blaine says, you know, what about Elliot? Kurt's like, what the, the fuck are you talking about like how did he get to this like this isn't yeah. at all like a third part has never entered his head it was just no. never a thing like it's you know even when through the whole doom maybe my relationship is doomed it's not about another party it's about the two of them and so when blaine brings somebody into it kurt's like, I, like I don't other even people know. don't exist man <laughs> yeah <laughs> And and Blaine do, isn't seeing that obviously in the same way yeah. Kurt doesn't see Blaine's insecurities and yeah so we get conflict yeah. which is great it makes for entertaining television yeah which personally Again, I find this is a fabulous episode but, but oh, yeah. way more interesting than you know the middle of season three when they're just kind of sure. half looking at each other during a Rachel solo so Tuesday night they have bed bugs Wednesday they're singing together Thursday is the, um, the fight the taping of the fight where Brett gets, Brett Brent Oh, Brett? Blaine. It's not Stoner Brett. <laughs> what uh, if Stoner Brett? I am having so many issues. Um, <laughs> when Blaine gets the booty underwear. <laughs> yeah. Booty and underwear. then Friday is when Blaine goes to Elliot's apartment. Based yeah, because it's clothes. like based off the because clothes. Monday Kurt... night they said when they're moving into Mercedes's place, they talk about Monday night being Rachel's night off, and that's when the episode ends. Yep. So now we're at Friday, and Blaine's wearing the worst pants he's ever worn because Kurt didn't dress him in a fight. Possibly those two things don't go together. The pants are very <laughs> ill-fitting. It's it's a terrible. It's it's maybe his worst outfit. Are we talking about um, when he goes to see Elliot? Yeah, yeah those baggy red pants are terrible. I'm just, terrible. my eyes are so drawn to that sweater. I've never really even noticed the pants. The pants are bad. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. Top but three the, worst pants ever. 
the the sweater's not that much better. The sweater's not, <laughs> and together they're awful. So he's so kind of a mess. We get that he's kind yeah, of a mess. Yeah, that and his, you know his hair is super gelled in that scene. So and, he's like trying so hard to control himself. And I love when he bursts in the door with his diva hand up. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Elliot's like, oh, what the hell now? Oh, you're not trying to move in. (laughs) You know. And I also, like, when Blaine goes on the the whole rant about Facebook, and I'm guessing Elliot's one of those people that never, like, checks Facebook. So, like, like, wait, oh, we're not friends. Okay, I thought we were friends, but I guess we're, okay. Like, it doesn't even occur to him. No, he's not someone who notices or cares. It's like, yeah. Facebook, damn, I haven't been on that in four months. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't even look like he owns a television or a TV or, like, computer or anything. Because, like, well, in that living room. Well, he has a phone and he probably has Facebook. But does he know right. that he's not friends with Blaine? Maybe not. No. Not really. Especially with as much. I bet Kurt and Blaine are one of the, some of those, that couple that, like, double posts their things. So, like, you know, one of them makes a picture and then the other one will, like, reblog it or post it again or, what, and, you know. So you see it twice as often if you're, and like, friends with them. He, get, he gets all of the updates on Blaine from Kurt anyway, so. Yeah. yeah. How much more Blaine does he need? And Jesus, now he's in his house. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the stuff that he says about him being like with the tats and the guy liner and the hair. Yeah. And then we get that angry puppy with the crazy eyes. I I love it. Living for Elliot's expressions through all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I know some people get down on Blaine for the like the I love Kurt. He's my fiance. He's mine. And I'm like, take a step back. This isn't really about owning Kurt. It's about the fact that he's really insecure and he's afraid of losing Kurt. And Elliot understands that. I mean, he yeah. is the most zen character ever. I love him. But, like, yes. it's like he knows this is not really an attack or a possessive, you know, issue. It's a this guy's really needing a pep talk right now. So let's well, sit I you think down. he's trying to get Elliot to <sighs> push back. No, he's trying to get Elliot to show definitively that Elliot understands that their relationship is real. Mm-hmm. And he, he needs Elliot to say, I see you guys in a relationship and it looks great. Um, and Elliot I, hasn't said that because they're not, they're not friends. I wonder as well, uh, we, we talk about Kurt's control when it comes to his apartment. This is obviously one of Kurt's best friends. If Blaine barely knows much about him, then this is something that Kurt has kept very separate, which mm-hmm. means that in the same way as Kurt's not letting Blaine settle into his life in the apartment, he's also kind of compartmentalizing everything outside as well. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe. But then also you have to imagine they're together like a huge amount of time. They are, a, they come as a package, these two. Yeah. They are a complete set. So do you really need to have Elliot's phone number individually? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Not so yeah. much, but I think he he hasn't had it because Kurt, he, if, if Kurt is sort of, you know, this is his friend, this is his, you know, the, the, his rehearsals, his friend, um, Blaine hasn't had a chance to just see Kurt and Elliot just being friends. Mm-hmm. And so all he has to go on is this selfie that's been driving him nuts for months. Um, and the fact that Kurt, you know, every once in a while talks a lot about Elliot. And so I think he's let, Elliot become the sort of the, the a big possibility of problem in his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think also when like 
there are times when, and we'll get, like, again, we'll get into Blaine and neediness, um, that, like, Blaine has a hard time sometimes, like, oh, you know, Kurt is allowed to have other friends and other relationships. And not, I'm not saying that Blaine keeps him from doing that. I don't want to say that. But I'm just saying, like, so for Blaine, maybe, you know, he just Blaine is, is has a, a hard lot. time. He's a, he's a lot of, he takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, so. And he kind of, I mean, he sort of says it in this scene because he talks about how they were apart and now he's here and he's trying to catch up to Kurt and he just wants to make it real. And the more he tries, the more Kurt seems like he needs, like he's clinging too hard and that makes Kurt want to have more space. But then mm-hmm. he's concerned about the space. So, you know, it's just hard. And both Kurt and Blaine are anguished over the fact that this is happening and Elliot is there to say to both of them, this is normal. This is fine. Yeah. Just, I, just take a little bit of space. Like, age, this is okay. This is, what you're doing is okay. Yeah. Their age comes into this in a huge way. Because, again, it, they're, they're at that age where you feel like if you don't fix this now, it's forever. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Realized that it, it, they can have a fight. And, and, and that there could be problems and that several months down the road, you know, once they've had a chance to work on it, things can be stronger. To them, it's all about if it doesn't happen now, then it's forever and it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, Blaine just needs to have a little more faith that he can give Kurt a little more wiggle room mm-hmm. and he's not going anywhere. But he's scared. He's so scared. Yeah. Well, and I love what Elliot says and maybe the way he says it. I do love that Elliot puts in there. You know, Kurt talks about you, and he loves you, and he talks to you all the time, and I kind of want him to shut up because he's driving me crazy, but Mm -hmm. because of that, like, I don't question you two together, like, and, 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 like, like, you know, somebody said earlier, like, Kurt's talking to Elliot about this stuff, but maybe it's Blaine that he needs to be, like, expressing certain things, so, but, Mm. so, yeah, but he is actively spending 60%, 70% 60%, 70% of his waking hours with Blaine, most mm-hmm. of them happily, except for this hell week that they're in. So, yeah. and they're you also, know, there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, he's he's a person who part of his love language is the acts of things, mm-hmm. right? The doing of things and allowing people in. Yeah. Um, and well, he's, he's let Blaine in. Oh, the, yeah. Part of it as well is that the two of them at this point are so lopsided because Kurt's been out for a year mm-hmm. and had time to become Kurt outside of them. And Kurt, but because Blaine was still in high school when they were separated, yeah. he's still he's still the same Blaine in, in a lot of ways as uh, as Kurt left. That Kurt left. Yeah, where Kurt has started to become an adult. In not, I'm not saying he's matured, but he started to become adult. Right, and and they're still not at the. Like they, Blaine has to catch up. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. Kurt crafted a life for himself in New York, and yeah. Blaine is finding places to fit in that life. Yeah, which is very different. And to know I mean, that they Kurt don't got an apartment with Rachel, but beyond that, that's it. And you and out and found. I mean, with the the. Friendship, um, with dating Adam, um, with yeah, he didn't even cling to Rachel that much. No, he really mm-hmm. he's he which he, maybe that's because right, Brody's yeah. irritating, but yeah, Brody was irritating. <laughs> oh yeah, no, but he was really trying to. He was really beginning to find people outside of the friends from high school. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with, in a, to a certain extent, with Blaine and with Sam arriving and, 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 and everything, it's like it pulled him back into that vortex, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't, I don't imagine would sit well either. And, you know, you want Blaine, but you want to take Blaine with you into this new adult life, not get pulled back into the high school dynamics. Yep. Sure. At the same time, Blaine is And the still... last time Kurt lived with Sam, Finn was alive. Yeah, there's that too. And there's... Yeah. I mean, it's not touched on, but there's got to be some part of him that, like, remembers things. Just, you know, it's like a strange punch in the heart from time to time. Well, you and never... the, the kind of connection that you can't explain, but you're feeling it, you know? And it weighs on you. Didn't bother to give us much dynamic between Kurt and Sam. Like it was, it was Sam was Blaine's, and mm-hmm. and reacted to him as Blaine's or Finn's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, earlier. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. they never really gave. I mean, once once <laughs> once they um, the duets thing was over. Yeah, there was really very little connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's like they like each other just fine. Yeah, but and not. They, but they support each other. But but they're not friends. They don't have a a bond. I think for Blaine's character, it's important for him to have things that are just Blaine's. Yeah. Um, Especially when he does have a tendency to lose himself in Kurt sometimes. I think it's good for him to have something that is not a part of that. And Kurt isn't going to become super close friends with Sam because that's Mercedes on again, off again boyfriend. And he Mm -hmm. is Mercedes' friends. Mm -hmm. He is Mercedes' friend first. Mm -hmm. And that shit is just complicated. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I also think Blaine, kind of going back off the other tangent, is that he needs to find himself. And I think one of the big things is Blaine trying to figure out who he is and what he's doing and like who he is without Kurt because like, he spent so long, like the breakup happened and then he like hit rock bottom and he was like, Oh, I'm by myself. And he found that place at McKinley, but now he kind of has to do that like again in New York. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and also yeah. after the breakup, it all became about Kurt because he had to, he was trying to get Kurt back. Yeah. So he's basically been monofocused on Kurt since yeah, that. for a very, very long time. And I think that the second breakup forces him to, just be okay with his life without Kurt in it. And he does get to that place, which is why when Kurt comes back, it, it's an okay thing, but that's whatever yeah. that's for a conversation for later. Um, yeah. But okay. anyway, so yeah, it's snarky. It's time for you to explain the timeline to me now. Okay. Because I, this, I don't. So <laughs> for purely scientific reasons only when Blaine grabs Kurt's face and they're making out. I zoomed in on his watch to see what time it is. <laughs> and it's 8 p.m. Uh-huh. And Kurt oh says God. that Elliot texted when he left his apartment six hours ago. So at 2 p.m., Blaine, in the worst outfit ever, has left <laughs> Elliot's apartment. They're done with their jam session of... Elliot and Darren Chris, and then <laughs> I so don't see it, it that much, but whatever. I don't know. Oh, it's so but, it's terrible. Uh, I hate it. I oh really? I hate I, it when he takes up the guitar. I hate it's. It takes me totally out of it. Oh. Yeah, I had. I, doesn't I guess, work for me at all. I didn't hate it, but I had issues. Send your hate mail to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel so bad that I just feel like I didn't notice it as much. I mean, I do see it a little bit. It's, it's like, just I, it's not. It's not Blaine. Not at all. Uh, 
It doesn't. He, well, he when, does, no. when does he pick up a guitar before that? Never. Yeah. Ever. Anyway. It's weird. Yeah. He should be saying, the, are those the axes? Same way. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So, Friday now. I don't know where Rachel is. I don't know. Oh, oh she's, yeah, she's in Artie or she's, she's in Subway Artie, riding the subway. Seeing Tula <laughs> Clark all day. Just That's showing right. their showing their awesomeness. Um, <laughs> so, Friday evening. It's 8 p.m. Okay, wait, no, I have a question, though. So, okay, so the, the 2 o'clock is when Elliot and that's when and he, Blaine... That's when he texts... So Elliot texts at 2 p.m. that Blaine has left his apartment. Blaine leave the apartment that the previous night, and he's been gone for a long time? No, no. no. Or they no. woke up... Like they went, no. they, so they, were, they went to bed angry at each other, mm-hmm. and they got up and did whatever they usually do. Yeah, not, went like, to not some like, of their classes together. And then in the middle of the afternoon... Uh, Blaine goes to Elliot's apartment. But just let's I, say he's the, there for an hour. So, like at one o'clock, he goes to Elliot's apartment because he's got on different clothes and he's yeah. got nowhere else to go at all. No, nope. so, so he has to have access to his clothes, clothes, and his hair gel and all that stuff. So clearly, he's been home, right? Mm-hmm. But the, and we haven't seen Kurt that day. But Kurt yeah. is wearing the a green. very Blaine-inspired sweater. It's, I mean, the whole outfit is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about it is Blaine inspired. He has the pants with a teeny tiny print that has like um, video game, like sixteen bit video game characters on them, which is an homage to Blaine. He's got the cowl, the cowl. I can't pronounce now. The cowls, like the, the kind of shawl. This what's mm-hmm. the collar called on that sweater? Anyway, the I, sweater I is know. the same. Cowl neck. I want to say cowl neck, but then I feel like that's not floofy enough. Not quite right. No. Yeah, it's not quite right. But anyway, so. But that kind of neck of the sweater is a very Blaine thing to wear. So he has this outfit on that's like showing all this connection to Blaine. And he's sitting up late. He's not watching TV. He's not. He's just sitting there with his blue water. And he's waiting. And we'll see. And that's why I wonder if this entire day they haven't really done much together. I mean, like they've been spending so much time together. And then all of a sudden Blaine's just gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, that worries Kurt on a yeah. lot of levels. Well, yes. so what happens is Kurt gets the text from Elliot. And I think that's when Kurt goes to the high line. Because he's like, shit, Blaine's coming back. I need to get myself sorted out. So he goes to the high line to think. And then he comes home. Blaine's- and then, like, five uh, five more hours later, Blaine finally comes home. Um, and I, I like to think that that worry, it was a lot of mixture of, okay, what's our relationship going? Is, is you know, are we going to break up? Are we not? But also, is Blaine okay? Like, there is mm-hmm. a bit of, you know, where is he? He hasn't talked to me. What is going on? Like, you know, obviously, Kurt could have texted him, too. but And we don't know that he didn't. But, like, it, We don't just, know that he didn't. Yeah. But I also like, you know, they have a dynamic where... Kurt checks in. Kurt asks, are you okay? Because he won't really... Blaine won't give up that information without it. There's... I mean, go through and watch the rewatch as we, like, the you know, during the cough syrup thing. Are you okay? There's all kinds of times where he's constantly... That's what he does in the arguments. He checks in to ask if you're okay. He makes little um, snarky comments, and then he wants to make out. That's, like, his go-to thing. Well, there's also... But really meaningfully here, he says, okay, you go first. Like, you tell me what's going on. Yeah. I also think, like, he is also visibly... You know, he was... 
he's like slightly tense when it like he opens the door and then he's a little bit relieved when it is Blaine. Like, yeah, it's another yeah. like a, oh, my God, you know, now we're going to have this hard talk. But also, OK, he's back. And he's come and back they both, to me. Yeah, they they like they I love that in this moment when they first get in, they share this look that they know how to read each other and they know. You know, they may not know exactly what the other one's going to say, but they do know that, like, okay, it's time to talk about this really scary thing that we have not talked about, and we know that we need to talk about, and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And and through this entire thing, they are both so reassuring of each other that they are in each other's corners and that they love each other. And, that, like, nobody says I love you in this scene, but th- just all yeah. of the physicality of it, all of Everything. the... Everything, yeah. Hey, you know... Because you always know, Pam, does the clang piano music start up? Is that the music? No. Clang says, I think you should move out, and then there's music. There's no clang music in this scene. Okay, so it's just I don't think there's any music. There's no, no, no. clang music in the entire arc, I don't think. Oh, interesting. Because Blaine says, I think I should, I wrote it all down. Like, he says, I think I should move out. And then instantly the music starts up. I will, I'll go back and check. Um, I just didn't know I can't right now. But I of the piece. They like have not. I wasn't used to. They the last time they played that was in season four when the morning after and I do mm-hmm. they played it then, but I don't believe in season five it ever gets played. Um, and the whole thing and at season six they bring it back at the very very end for their last scene. They bring it back, um, but yeah, I don't know. I have to double check the music choices on that because um, I don't fully remember every time it's been used. Yeah, I just wasn't sure if that music is maybe like I don't know how long that section of music is, and maybe it's like mm-hmm. a different part of it. Um, yeah, well, I, like anyway, I, said, I, I can't remember the music. Sounds up. Well, that's so. too bad because I asked you as the expert, and now you failed. Your timeline must be wrong too. <laughs> Can I just put something up? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on just a second. Snarky for the first time ever is living up to her name. <laughs> She's <laughs> you snarky little hag. Okay, go ahead. Can I just bring something up costume-wise? No, you can't. Yes. Because we're talking about the sweater, and I still don't know what the neck is called. But I've got a picture of the two of them sitting here, and I can't quite see it. They have the same neckline, both of their sweaters. Yeah. It's a Blaine neckline. It's it's almost like he's put on one of Blaine's sweaters. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He probably did. I mean, they probably did share clothes. I googled it. Yeah. It is, okay. and it's not exactly. It's it could be looser and still be a cow neck, but technically yeah. that's what it is. But I, I, you know, I think that even though they do, they do have body different body shapes. But I do think they share clothes. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure that they're they they are enough alike that they can get away with sharing some things. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, we make a, we make a big deal of the of the size difference. It could, you know, in in thick, it tends to get really uh, um, exaggerated. It's way exaggerated. But yeah. Really, Maybe those terrible red pants are Kurt's pants. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're so big. No, no. If they were Kurt, because they're tight on Kurt, and Kurt's got a tiny butt. Yeah, and Blaine's got the big, they never, they never, butt. They never fit Blaine. That's true. Yeah, couldn't fit Kurt, especially if he's wearing those special underwear. Yeah, Kurt's got a bigger <laughs> upper torso, chest area, where Blaine's got the butt. Yeah, Kurt oh looks God. way better in the sweater. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. Those shoulders broadened so beautifully. Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh yeah, be my bunk. Well then, um, um, so the that the thing, so yeah, so they're they're very much on the same page, like um, 
in terms of coming back towards each other. Mm-hmm. And God, when they hug and you see Kurt hold yeah. him and rub him and you can see the ring. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably one of my favorite clean scenes of Oh mine. Too. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. It's so short yeah. too. And it all comes down so it's like it's like the entire because there's been people in and out the whole time. It's all been big. It's been angry. It's been fun. Like it's just there's all kinds of things that have happened throughout the episode. And this one scene, it's like everything is shrunk down to this one couch, and it all goes so quiet and so intimate, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And 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 the, I mean, let's go ahead and say it. we have two Emmy nominated actors in this yeah. scene. So. Like the way they play off each other and the way the thing that I always really get out of this scene is that, you know, at first when I was like, oh, when I I heard the spoilers or whatever, that they're going to like Blaine's going to move out. I'm like, that kind of sucks. But at the same time, I think one of the big things to get out of this moment is Mm -hmm. they are both trying to protect something that Mm -hmm. is, as Kurt says, really precious to them. Mm -hmm. And if that means taking a step back so that they can protect it and like, you know, I think I mentioned in the other podcast is that, like, with Kurt, whatever happens with Rachel, whatever, they snipe at each other, whatever. But if something breaks with them, it's not going to be a Halloween loss. Whereas if something breaks with Blaine again, Kurt doesn't know if he can really handle that. And, like, yeah. so protecting that, protecting what they have is way more important to him than I think Blaine realizes. But, like, just, yeah, that's... I, I agree, and I think, and I like that Kurt asks, like you know, he says that they want he wants to protect that thing that's precious. He says, "You know that, right?" And Blaine's response is, "Of course, of course, I know it." You but know? I think he still needs to hear he? it. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is, is that there's there. Uh, I think one of the things I love most about the scene is when when Blaine comes in and Kurt is sitting there on the couch. I I really I love the idea that Kurt's been so full of angst and pushing away and he's been full of all sorts of things in his own head the 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 voices in his head are have been have been you know sort of getting at him for a couple of days now and this is the first time i think where he has really got outside of himself Mm -hmm. and actually realized like sort of taken stock of the last few days and thought oh my god it's so much what we have is so much bigger than all of this stuff like and i think it's the first time he's evaluated in weeks um, and there's just this, I just, I love the, I love how settled he is. Sad, but settled he is by the time Blaine comes home. It makes you ponder what he was going to say if he had gone mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really do wonder. Because, like, uh, Blaine, I think, and I think both of them feel this way. Blaine comes up with the idea with moving out. Neither of them really necessarily want to do that. They, they like living with each other. They like being yeah. with each other. It's I think just, Kurt was going to offer that the two of them move somewhere else, but Blaine has to drop out of yeah. a couple of those classes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, again, even if, you know, thinking about this going into season six, whatever, even them still living in the loft, they don't have separate rooms. They don't have the doors no. or the walls. And I do think you still are living on top of each other when you live in a loft. And I, I, you know, I do think the loft as the space is one of the problems. Um, mm-hmm. So even did, as there's oh, so much emotional bleed with everybody else's stuff, and Rachel yeah. 
takes up a lot of oxygen. Yeah, she so. does. But I still, I, I didn't, I didn't know if, if Kurt had quite come that far. I, I kind of thought that if he went first, he was going to talk about, about them sharing the space, like, you know, sort of how to like going through and with Blaine. Yeah. To, making the, making it their bedroom. Yeah. yeah. He was, he, he had talked himself into that and it was, he, he, he was ready to share um, in much the same way as happens at the end of the season when mm -hmm. he's got it. He had reached that point. He was ready to do that. And Blaine, you know, went that one step further. And I think he, he kind of, there was a moment where he almost fought him and then you could see him go, yeah, maybe that, maybe. Yeah. Exactly, and and then it's it's not like Kurt was like, yeah, you know what, Blaine, that's right. You need to like that. That's it'll fix. And no. he's like, no, uh -oh. like I don't know. I'm just sure that's what I want. And yeah. he's insincere in that. And and it's like, you know, he's you can kind of see him thinking like, God, that's like, do we? This isn't like this feels like going backwards. And that's Blaine's all like, no, no, no. And and the one thing I'm going to point out for people to watching the New York arc, Blayton and Kurt are still in each other's spaces all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, they're always, you know, mm -hmm. at one or the other's houses. I'm guessing Blaine sleeps over most of the time. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, how many times, like, there's a couple of scenes in the morning when Blaine's there, like, intested. He'll yeah. be there, like, well, putting I mean, on his clothes. New York, they are not in the same neighborhood. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Just practicality-wise. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention, there are probably times when Kurt and Blaine can go to Blaine's house and, like... They can shut the door there. So, yes. like, everybody's all up in everybody's business. They can go over to Blaine's place and yeah. do stuff there, which they do. They show um, Kurt and Blaine at Blaine's place a couple of times. It's not very much, but they are there sometimes, too. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just because every once in a while they'll have, like, their own space doesn't mean they are not still well, spending quite a lot of time together. Interesting as well is that, you know, they talk about we're not going backwards. But in a way, they are, just not in a negative way. It's like they've doubled back and done what maybe they should have done to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's gone backwards in the sense of fixing something that maybe needed to, to, to be fixed. Yeah, I mean, they should have started out in two different places. Yes. Trying to find who they are in the city, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, so that kind of brings us with, the, I mean, and it's kind of funny because that's the end of really the Kurt and Blaine-ish stuff. You know, because all the other plot lines then have to get resolved. And at the end, we see them, you know... Well, we see them the next day just, like, happily at the kitchen table doing homework together. Which, yep. they're in the same classes, so probably the same homework. Um, so, a little while, I think. And they're, co they're happily cohabitating with Sam there. He's over on the couch, you yeah. know, like... it's There's harmony in the house. Cause, and it's, I think, partially because they're on the same page. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, I love the end of this episode, and it harkens back to the moving out, where it, it gave us that promise mm -hmm. of what was to come when they reached New York. And well, this episode, funny. such a, a fulfillment of that, and then the very end with everybody all together. Yeah, uh, it's funny because, yeah. like, you know, the downtown uh, number happened, and I'm like, well, that's great, but there's not enough women. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when Mercedes shows up, it's like. You know, throw your your cup in the air like, woo, yeah, fine, yep. this is perfect. You know, although I had to yep. roll my eyes when she arrived because it's it's so typical of Glee. There is absolutely no finesse to it whatsoever. No, <laughs> but, 
I love her convoluted reason. Like, you know, I didn't want to be in LA and I told my producers, I'm just going to move to New York. Like they would totally, yeah. whatever. That would not yeah. happen in real life. But what, you know. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So. Sam, so in my notes, I have like yeah. all this detailed stuff about how like, you know, they're doing homework together and what's happening yeah. in the scene so I can help remember it. And like the part with gossip. And then, you know, the very reasonable way that they explain why blame moving out is a good idea. Yeah. And then, and then I have written, everything is pretty great. And then I switched to all caps. Everything is fucking great because in comes Mercedes. And I have, like, three exclamation points. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what we want. Oh, my gosh. I just need I, Santana to come back from Lesbos. I, <laughs> I had to laugh. I was re-watching it. And, I mean, it was just, the thing is, is this is, it's such an uber, um, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly mature episode for Glee, you know? It, it really yeah. does delve too much into weirdness. <laughs> so Mercedes entrance is like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love it because, like, I'm excited. Sam looks excited. Kurt's smiling. <laughs> Blaine has to, like, twirl around. He's so excited. <laughs> he, like, can't yeah. contain it, you know? <laughs> Blaine and Kurt in that scene when Mercedes arrives, it's like, I, I want it framed. Like, they, uh, they, they just look so beautiful in that yes. scene yes oh my god the, I, I haven't said anything about it in this but I have to bring it up again because I used to write odes to them the Glee wardrobe <laughs> department oh yeah deserved mm -hmm. Emmy after Emmy after Emmy they were the unofficial script subtext writers oh they, totally I mean yes. I just I, I, to this day I remain kind of in awe of their involvement and how I'd love to know like what it was like to work in that wardrobe department and, and like the conversations they'd have like wandering through their stacks of clothes and how to tie in this with this theme and what they could, I mean, they were literally broadcasting to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. Uh, and I just, I, I don't think there will never be another show that quite does it like that. No, but yeah, awesome. Anyway, I just had to give a shout out to the people. Oh, as you should. Here, as you should, especially when then they need to been... and and because they're so good, I'm like they must have chosen those terrible pants for Blaine because he's in a state of disarray. Yeah, probably. <laughs> There's no other reason for those pants. Exactly. They they probably metaphysical pants. Um, when I think that when the writing started to fail. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stories. What? Why is that funny? <laughs> um, this I think this that, episode was written by Ryan Murphy. Oh, <laughs> oh that's true. It was. But anyway. Um, but I that's that's why every once in a while you get these amazing clean episodes. <laughs> true. I think though that the, the the like stuff like the you know lighting or the props or the costumes or whatever they really stepped it up in a you know so. Mm -hmm. Well, as well, we we were at um we were at Glee was kind of at one of those tipping points because um, social media and its relationship with shows, um, it, it Glee was kind of at the it, it was at that point where social media and interaction with actors and showrunners um, up until that point hadn't really been a thing, mm -hmm. um, not on such a broad scale level. And I think Glee was like, it was a bit of a revelation. And all of a sudden, you know, you had, and you've seen it happen fairly consistently for good or for bad. 
since then, but I think Glee was one of the first ones where there was some serious, I mean, serious interaction between crew and fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Um, so kind of the last thing kind of what I want to get into is some of the, I mean, we touched upon a lot of the, the, the themes that we, I, I wrote in my outline, but um, just to kind of bring it all together and something that I want to bring up just as a way to like talk about them now and look about how we're going to like talk about them going forward. Um, if we look at Kurt, let's start with Kurt and I'll talk about Blaine. Um, he's got some issues with intimacy and control going on here. And like my biggest thing is like, you know, Kurt does a lot of intimacy through physical touch, through sex, through just even holding hands. Like at the end of the, the, the episode, they're holding hands, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing. And he's not always verbally communicating, and I think that like for him, sometimes like saying, you know, I, I I'm not feeling right, or I think you know, that's hard for him to express his feelings in words. I think. It's interesting um, that ties in with what you said earlier, or what was said earlier about you know he always checks in with Blaine and makes Blaine tell him, mm-hmm. uh, but he's also not very good at it. <laughs> no, he's really not. Um, and and that's going to be a big thing going forward because I, I you know a lot of this what I kind of want to try to do is make the second breakup make sense because I think you know it doesn't for a lot of people and it didn't for me. And I had to really sit back and think a lot about why these things happened and how they started and how they came from. And, and, you know, it's a lot of what we talked about. It's a lot of, like, you know, Kurt not knowing, you know, he's got to talk about his feelings, not hide them away. You know, if he's having issues, he's allowed to take a step back and not, you know, have things bottled up and, and be... What am I trying to say? My my one of the biggest things that kind of clicked for me though is that Kurt says in this episode he wants to protect something that's very precious to him. But you know, when they get to the point where the the Kurt's on the verge of like the second breakup, he would rather protect that nice image of him than sully it with like all of this awfulness that's going on. And it's kind of him like breaking it off, realizing that, oh, these hard parts are part of this relationship and accepting that. And he's got us to learn that if that makes any sense, if I'm making any sense, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it felt like in, in that, in that scene, in the, the in, in the breakup scene, it, it felt, it felt a bit like in whatever was happening at that time, the two of them just, got caught up in their old bad habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like taking a trip in time back to this episode, um, uh, only forgetting all of the lessons they've learned. Right. Um, and and not making that smart decision at the end of it, and instead going the other way. Right. Yeah, it felt very rash. Yep. Yeah. But it also, I mean, because they started a new season um, with that, it, they didn't really, if they'd given us um, some kind of a montage or something that felt like it gave us a lead up so that we had some sense of the building of this, mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. it was just, we came in at the breaking point. And 
you kind of it just sounds like Kurt's being snippy about wedding stuff but what you know it's it's like without Glenn had yelled at him about the toothpaste on the towel yeah but you know it's like obviously stuff has been building up but it would just it would have been I don't know I don't know what would have made it better um not starting the episode with the breakup I guess um but, well, um, and I think, you know, in a figurative season six, I wonder how they would have done that. But I mean, like, mm. I guess I've always pictured it was kind of a um, a bad. Well, I, what I downward, like about the I, season six. What I like about the season six breakup is it seems like a mistake. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is the like, way it feels like, like it feels like, like was, you know, when Finchel broke up in season four, you were like, yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> But when the throwing parties, well, that's true. Anyway, yeah. So it's like it seemed like, oh yeah, this seems like a good place for them. But I like the fact that it was like, you know, no, no, things happened. No. Well, so so what I was, you know, kind of. So Blaine is getting more insecure and needier, and that kind of feeds on Kurt's need to like push himself and distance himself away. And instead of talking about these things, they just start to argue and snipe at each other, and it grows and grows. And they they, yeah. they just don't take the t- step back like they're supposed to. And I think that you know it, it's it is it, actually not even so much like this episode. It's more more like looking at tested, and if like tested mm-hmm. had gotten blown out of control, mm-hmm. you know that's what happened. And I think. Yeah. It's, well, there are seeds of it, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Ultimately, I don't think that they needed to, uh, but there are, are some interesting things that did come out of it. And I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm glad that they did it, but it, it did make for an interesting story. And I do enjoy what we got out of it. Yeah. If that makes what any sense. I mean, I think that they can be interesting just having domestic lives in New York without huge amounts of drama <laughs> but the drama is super interesting and i don't dislike it because it, it feels like it comes from a real place if they didn't have as large an ensemble as they did that there might have been and, and and if glee was a different show i guess i mean glee's not really a a show of the quiet moments in between it's 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 yeah. a show of, of all of the highs and lows that come between right. quiet moments in between yeah. Um, yeah, fan, fan fiction gives us the quiet moments in between. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. true. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But it, it, one of the things that I, it was, I guess with watching that scene and watching the fight, it, it clarified to me, it sort of resolved that the, pro- the Kurt and Blaine's biggest problem, and they will probably deal with this their entire lives, is that each of their um, uh, biggest uh, uh, problems. Each of their biggest not flaws, but the the thing that they both fall into feeds in on the other person's. Kurt gets cold when he's feeling threatened, and Blaine, when he senses people that he loves moving away from him, gets clingy and needy. And yeah. so it's like yep. they're they, they they they. So if they're having a bad time at the same time, <laughs> it's a feedback loop in a it's negative a way, which loop. it goes. But also, Blaine doesn't have anyone else to be clingy and needy towards. Right. There's no one else who has that role for him. Well, that goes back to what I was saying earlier that Blaine needs needed to like find his way without Kurt, and I, that's why I think. Okay, so uh, you know, I can't believe we're talking about the second breakup stuff, but like the, the thing that I want to point out though is that first of all, Kurt breaking it—it's a chance for Kurt to break because Blaine broke it once. Yeah, Blaine's mm-hmm. not going to break it. It's Kurt's turn to break it, and he has mm-hmm. to realize the consequences of what happens when you break it. And I think that 
Like it yeah. helps him see what Blaine had gone through. It helps him understand that, oh, you know, I'm being stupid and petty and this is really about like, I have a hard time expressing myself. I need to do that. You know, let me go to therapy and figure this stuff out. And at the same time, Blaine figures out he can be okay in his own place. And he can, you know, he matures so much in season six. And I love like the snarky pushback Blaine that we get is, Mm -hmm. you know, so I feel like they are in a place where they can, you know, both understand where the other one came from, but also like the feedback loop, it's not going to go negative anymore. It's going to go positive. It's like, cause when, you know, if Kurt is getting the, you know, you know, adoration that he desires. And then, then Kurt can give back to Blaine, you know, the reassurance that he needs. And then it goes the positively the opposite way. So Kurt, I, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think yeah. Kurt and Blaine of season five, um, if season five ended and, and that was it for the series, um, the Kurt and Blaine, it was lovely to have them give them that sort of happy ending kind of there. But in my head, they weren't, I I couldn't guarantee that they were going to stay together. Yeah. The season six curtain blame. Uh, it was like, oh yeah, no, they, they, they are fully realized people yeah. now. See, and that's how I feel too. It's so funny. Cause I think a lot of people I've heard, it, it feels like they, they see season six and it says, oh no, it destroyed Clayton for me. No, I think and, uh, when you like, I have the buy-in that they're already like, it's going to work out. Yeah, you know, so do I. Like, I, I know mean, that it's going to work out. So I could have totally accepted the end of season five because mm-hmm. I had my own faith that mm-hmm. I can think of all the different ways and reasons that it would work out. Yep. Um, yep. But but I don't have to do as much work um, in my oh, head yeah, to season six claim. Well, and I um, so I think that you know through this arc and through the second breakup and through season six. Uh, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, I feel like they did, you know, wrap up this the first breakup. I mean, even though there were some lingering issues that came out of it. But, like, I don't think that, like, through the second breakup and season, like, trust was not the issue anymore. They resolved that. Mm-hmm. But it was now more about growing up and being yeah. okay with each other and kind of going from, you know, being kids to being adults. And it does feel balanced and it does feel like like a solid thing and i know like it's so funny that it doesn't work for a lot of people but i'm like no it makes sense to me i get it they're there it's it's fine but i guess i you know it doesn't take much to sell me on it anyway so well and as well i think just from from beginning to end of 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 the series Mm -hmm. uh, kurt and then you know once the addition of of blaine kurt and blaine um probably no not not even probably they had, although there were some, there were inconsistencies here and there, they probably had the most consistent and, uh, and um, complex character arcs of the mm-hmm. series. And it's based in the fact that because Kurt was a, this story that Ryan really wanted to tell, yeah. and therefore got so much more clarity to his storyline than much of the other um, characters got. You know, they often were whatever they needed to be in an episode. And it was sort of up to us to try and piece that together into what they were like as a character. Yes. Which, Additionally, yes. I maintain that Kurt is the only character in Glee who has a complete universe. Yeah. Yes. 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 I agree. Yes. Um, and therefore, Plain, as you know, the two of them together, Blaine suffered for being never really being fleshed out in the same way, but nobody else was. No.
not even Rachel. And it's kind of funny because, you know, I think that, you know, had Finn lived and had Finchel been a thing, there would have been some mental gymnastics for me to believe that those two would have ever lived happily ever after. I just, I don't really buy it. But with, you know, Kurt and Blaine, the seeds and everything, the foundation is there. The foundation is there. It's a solid, uh, it, Kurt, Kurt is the bedrock of Glee in the sense that he is the only character that was seriously thought about and created. Yeah. Which it's is kind funny of, because he wasn't planned. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not supposed to be there. And nope. it's also funny because I don't think that, I wish that Kurt had gotten, and, and Blaine too, I mean, because I don't think Blaine really does either. Uh, it gets, they don't get individual storylines going no. in like season five or six. They don't. No. No. Um, I, I appreciate the clean stuff. I love the clean stuff. Um, I'm sad that we don't see more of a individual stuff. But there, again, there's so many characters and so many things that they needed to service. I understand why they didn't. But that being said, they still get a complete picture. I mean, at the end of the day, with the finale as messy as it is, and I will argue that it's very messy. Like they get a an actual complete story. We know what they're doing in New York. We know how they end up, and only Rachel. Like- yeah. Yeah, and only really Rachel and Will get that same sense of complete story. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else, they have nice little endings, but what are they really doing? Like, well, you know, um, Rachel for being the um, uh, the central character, it learns she, she never none of her lessons ever stick, and so yeah. she continually gets the. It's like they they oh how to say this, um, they aren't very good at giving large arcs. Kurt's arc in season two was one of the few times where they gave a full season arc for a character. It and worked. So, so for, I, what they tend to do is they do an arc over one episode because it's yeah. dramatic. The problem is, is that Rachel's the main character. So they have to keep giving her arcs and yeah. it means repeating arcs. And she has to keep relearning that her friends are important and learning again yeah. that her friends are important. It's, it's kind of, you know, and I mentioned this cause we talked this a little bit and I think in the other episode and in other episodes in general, but I call it the Zach Morris thing where mm-hmm. like you watch an episode of say by the bell and Zach Morris says something atrocious. And then he's like, at the end of it, Oh, I was wrong. And my best, my friends are good and et cetera, et cetera. And then at the next start of the next episode, it's just the same thing over again. And, yeah. you know, I, I would give Rachel credit that she learns more than that. But, hmm. um, yeah, it's still. It is, it's but it's, you know, it's something that plagued. This is kind of why I'm glad Kurt and Blaine were never really the main characters. Because yeah. Will had that issue in the first three seasons. Yeah. Like, Will as a character just never learned his lesson. And it was he was an awful character. And then they pushed him in the background. And for the most part, he's fine. In the later seasons, he's still not a great teacher. But we don't really notice him. So, whatever. But then Rachel starts having more of this, these issues and yeah. So. Yeah, no. And it, and it's, it, I mean, and yes, you're right. I'm glad that they were, you know, not that focused because otherwise that probably would have happened with them yeah. as well. And I will throw out there about Britannia, you know, they get their nice little three episode arc in season six and I realize they're all happy and, you know, wedding planning and everything. But at the same time, they don't talk about what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. They're going to get married, and then yeah, that was that yeah. was that was just a. It felt it felt very much just like the the the, the bow tie, you know, yeah. tie for you know for the fans to have them together for, and it was beautiful. But oh yeah, uh, yeah, there, you you know, you, Santana. They spent actually a fair amount of time creating a character for, and I actually really. L- liked 
Uh, I always like Santana, but I like Santana. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, I liked, I liked her when they were firing on all cylinders. But they, had, she was another one who they tended to slide back, and they'd have her make growth, and then they'd have her slide right. back and be the bitch again. And um, and they never really completed an arc for her. She never got to a satisfying conclusion to all of these loose threads. No, that they and, they you know. So. And Brittany never got to break out of gleeisms. She mm-hmm. is a character completely comprised of um, Glee's crack episodes. Yeah. So, like, so she, you know, I, I never really, I mean, Brittany remained a cartoon character for me up until the end. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the spirit of that character, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. But as far I mean, as... you can't, like, she's the one exception where you, where you can't... Comp- <laughs> In some way, I'm going to say you can't complain that she's not a character because her character was the incredible Glee. absurd. Yeah. You know? So, but, but just, possibly uh, very complete. <laughs> I guess in, in a way, it was just, it was just, oh, we were talking about, you know, seeing people move forward in the world. And I just, it, I can't imagine Brittany existing beyond the show. No, I can't no. imagine her existing beyond 25. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I hope um, she makes it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the nice thing, bringing it full circle, is that, you know, the great thing about this episode, the great thing about this arc, and the great thing that, you know, continues on, you know, why I wanted to sit and do a podcast about all of this, is that these two characters get so nicely, like, I mean, yeah, Blaine could have been more developed, but some really great development, mm-hmm. this whole great story about them, you know, as I said in season two, it's it's a fairy tale, but the, after the fairy tale, it becomes real life, and how they went from being kids in a, you know, first love story into being adults with a, an adult mature relationship. And I love that. And know. it's, you know, there's things that happen that are imperfect or slightly messy, but it's not their, their adult lives. They're not doing things that are hurtful or mm-hmm. selfish or like really uh, unhealthy. They're mm-hmm. just, living lives and kind of fucking it up sometimes making mistakes and learning from it yeah right exactly and that's you know i do cut them some slack because they are young and i think that a lot again a lot of people forget that you know with these actors who look like they're much older or because they are you you forget the fact that they're very inexperienced and they don't have a lot of role models to look after you look up to and they you know they're still figuring things out so you know, to make them people, like, people are imperfect, and, you know, so these characters, I I just, I hate it when people try to put each of these characters on a pedestal and say, you know, oh, Blaine has to act perfectly to be Kurt's partner, or vice versa, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That doesn't, that's not how it works. Well, you know. Way back when, there was a post um, that somebody made and I, I just, I looked at it and, and it almost broke my brain um, in, a, in a good way. Uh, but it was it, basically, they said, all right, if you want to really think about these characters in, in high school, this is really like, because, you know, you're looking at. at oh, the of what they, they look like. And it showed. And it yeah. Of, of Chris and Darren at younger ages. It's like, this is actually what you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love that though because when you 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 take that it, those images of what they looked like at sixteen, yes. and you picture them going through it, it makes more sense. Oh. It, I think it makes you know all of these awkward you know. Yes, it, it's so funny. Like when you look now, at those pictures, you think, "Wow, they did a great job." Like think about <laughs> they this. barely screwed up. <laughs> no, no, I know. Season, 
yeah. five Kurt, if he was real, would yeah. have looked like season one Kurt because that's yes. what Chris looked like when he was that age. Yes, exactly. And 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 my heart. I mean, it it actually makes me love them more. Um, yes, because yes. you sort of. It's like okay, take take away the 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 veneer of of TV and and try to imagine what these kids would actually look like. And it's like, oh, you babies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You did good. You did good. <laughs> so, so that kind of, I pretty, we pretty much hit up everything that I wanted to talk about. I mean, obviously some of these stuff I want to explore more as we get into episodes going down and we obviously will and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know. Did we, did we hit everything that you guys wanted to say? I'd just like to leave it open in case there's something. So I, this is apropos of almost nothing else, but there was something that I noticed during the bubbles scene, um, which is that, and I'm trying to think, uh, Blaine, I, I can't think of any time Rachel never gets on his nerves. Like we talk about Kurt and Rachel being friends, oh yeah, constantly fighting, but Blaine and Rachel seem to be able to just bounce off each other, like. Um, it just, I mean, you know, he offers her the lemons and she says no, but it doesn't seem to bother. Like, it's just, it's like, he, he um, makes a little face, but he deals with it because yeah. she doesn't matter. I guess. Think of all the people who are difficult and he deals with because yeah. it's sort of inconsequential. They're not Kurt. Yeah. They're not, you know, he can reason. roll with it. Yeah. I think he deals with a lot of really challenging people and just doesn't engage. Yeah. Because so, he doesn't have to be any of those things. If he could bring that same, <laughs> that same kind of uh, ability to just roll with it with Kurt. <laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword because yeah, Kurt, but Kurt matters. matters. Well, in yeah. season six, he makes fun of her for um, stopping piano lessons. He oh, says yeah. something really cutting, but that's him. He's grown more into his own and he's more comfortable saying the things that he would probably totally say to Kurt about Rachel when she's not around. Uh, saying those things to her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, it was just it was just something. Just watching it was like, huh? Um, it just, uh, yeah. I mean, for for all of I mean, Rachel's got to be the one of the hardest people in the show to to, to live with, and yet it, you know he just seems to kind of careen off her. <laughs> that yeah. scene and, where he offers her this the drink. She says no. She's super no. specific, and then she says no to my favorite kind of lemon. Yeah, my like, oh no no I can't have that. Like she is. <laughs> <laughs> that that Rachel is so cracky, fabulous, irritating, very irritating. But also yeah. when she had already come back and she's talking about the lady whose head work done on the subway and she and Carter like talking about yeah. how it's tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one quick thing that I didn't really get into very much, but I do want to make a point of that. Um, having Rachel around again and having her... You know, she is exhausting, especially for somebody like Kurt, who is an introvert and who has, you know, to he is always having to deal with her emotional issues. And like when you get everybody's emotional issues and you're trying to deal with that, it can just be overwhelming. And yeah. so it's, and it adds I, into I another. Think, I mean, you think about like, when did he start to really snap at Blaine after she mm -hmm. came back? Right. Yeah, because that's just there's just. No, there's just yep. too many people in the family. And and and, and something <laughs> again that I want to look for, you know, when we when we go into we talk about the other episodes, Kurt's issues with Rachel are more severe than what's going on with Blaine. Like he's mm -hmm. just at mm -hmm. wit's end with her. 
in a way that he's not with Blaine. Like Blaine's, nope, I want to protect this. I'm going to put this over here. We're going to deal with it. You know, this is my yeah. person. We're going to do it. But with Rachel, it's like, I, I can only handle so much of this before I'm going to just snap. So, yeah. yeah. And there's so but. much in each other's lives. And it's like they, they, somewhere along the way, they decided that they had to be like together. It was, it, they, they almost made each other platonic life partners. Well, um, Rachel did. Kurt just went with it. Just kind of went with it. Yeah. Well, they have. I think it they, they have a way that they are. <laughs> I think at first it did. They have like there's a, a synergy between the two of them, yeah. and there's a support structure. He just doesn't need. Uh, he he doesn't need the nonstop maintenance from mm-hmm. her that she requires from him. Yeah. So right. it's a very unbalanced need- relationship. Yeah. But he at the same time, I don't want him that needy. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say, Snarky, at the end of that? Oh, I'm sure it was brilliant, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I said it had been four months since graduation. <laughs> <laughs> what did we decide? It was February. Yeah. October. <laughs> Damn it. It's going to be called one either in October or February. Say, you tell decide. Me about the weather in New York. It was a really we, did, we talked about it. We did talk about the weather in New York yeah, I'm gonna in that episode. So you're going to have to listen to it. Yeah. Oh, I Whatever. will. However, I will stand I by and I will. I them and then I talk at my phone like I'm in the podcast. With I you. will die on the hill that tested is the season five of Valentine's Day episode. Sure, but that doesn't mean that this one is in January. <laughs> you are almost as bad as RB at this point. <laughs> no, I was fine with playing leaving Dalton. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I, I hate to say it, but I'm coming down on the side of November here. <laughs> fine, fine. People have different opinions. I can be. People are allowed to be wrong. <laughs> And you need to be wrong in your wrongness, both of you. <laughs> anyway, uh, two out of three podcasters uh, think it's November, but one out of podcaster, one out of one, one out of three podcasters the runs the podcast. The extra vote. <laughs> anyway, that was some American <laughs> political humor for you, Canadian. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Oh, let's end the podcast before we go into that. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> wrapping it up. Um, I want to thank you guys for for a great conversation. Uh, Sam, thanks for coming on. We really enjoyed you being here. Um, join us next Is this week. the royal we? I mean, I don't disagree. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> okay. I enjoyed. I don't it's know about fine. Snarky. If I we, I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I won't talk for Snarky, but I will say that I... <laughs> Enjoyed you. As did I. I'm just going to agree. I want to have a chance to agree as part of the we. It's like when my mom gives me a Christmas present from her and my dad, and my dad's like, oh, what's in there? <laughs> oh, you don't know. It's from the both of you. You've never seen it before. <laughs> is Christmas in December or is it really in August? We don't know. <laughs> Anyway, no, I did the previously unaired. <laughs> so I feel 
so that I'm Christmas expert. <laughs> oh, really? Who did the other three? <laughs> anyway. Oh. <laughs> Artie's walking. <laughs> Artie's walking again. <laughs> entire podcast all of the time. Oh, man. So, any of this other note. What's this, like, ableist porn of Artie walks every Christmas? <laughs> oh, um, didn't happen. <laughs> Wrapping up the podcast to say that I really oh, love we're Starkey. Wrapping it up, are we now? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's. Maybe. I Maybe am wrapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrapping it up, saying that I I I love Starkey in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> in your heart, it's not in this moment. <laughs> it, it, it's frozen cold. <laughs> it's not existed. <laughs> this has been an adventure. Um, join us this next Sunday. This has been great fun. <laughs> We didn't even talk about Sam's magnanimous haircut. I assume you oh, covered okay. that in the other one. I just yeah, thought it was did, funny. But go ahead. really freaks out about people in New York getting a haircut. <laughs> Queen did it. Everybody was like, oh, haircut. Sam did it. Oh, haircut. Uh, okay, it's just a haircut. That's everybody. Do you think there was a tie-in with Sam and Samson and haircutting and, you know, all the power being lost? and Possibly. I did like the fact that they made the joke calling it a brony tail. Yeah, <laughs> it was not worth him having that fake ponytail for that. That fake ponytail is terrible. Oh, it's awesome. Right. So, okay, this well, on that note, content people. I was gonna say this is the epilogue here. This is the after. Oh no, this can't party. be the end. Anyway, okay. I love What's Kurt and Blaine equally. <laughs> and on that note, but Kurt wears better clothes this episode. Blaine has oh one outfit that is a disaster. <laughs> He this gets four is, out of five stars. This is like the end, so end of the episode. It's like Lord of the Rings now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping all the endings. I don't care. <laughs> also, Snarky. I enjoyed all the songs. It was great. Oh, you know what I didn't get to complain about? Wait, I'm complaining about something. <laughs> this is the extended edition, guys. A BTS picture that leaked from Rockstar, where we were supposed to get Harriet in the leather outfit and the eyeliner. My kingdom for that footage. I need it. Why? Why? That never. That. I don't know. They filmed it. But I want that. And I want that with the, the first time footage. That they cut. The rolling around? The rolling yeah. around. They could yeah. splice those two together like Santana's <laughs> sex tape with the cat. And the... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. That really yes. amazing BTS. Yeah. 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 At least right, we so have I'm shaking my fist angrily at the sky that I did not get Kurt in that outfit. Mm-hmm. Sorry. In your imagination, you did. Oh, many times. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> well, is it... technically, in my imagination, Blaine did, but that's why. Oh, <laughs> so, is it okay if we end the podcast now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the royal we. I mean, maybe the two of you are messaging. And no, I can't touch my computer. Oh, my God. When she's going to stop talking. No, we love you. We've said this multiple <laughs> times. It's sincere. <laughs> This is the week. Sam, you're not in on this one. I already said I love you and you didn't say it back, so whatever. Um. I'm showing you my love language is actions. 
I love it's the action of being a jackass. <laughs> I don't know if I should cut this or just leave it all in. Um, <laughs> is it as good as our testing? Testing is this working? Testing. <laughs> anyway, let me say by myself as a singular person. I will see you next Sunday. I'm not even entirely sure what next so I'm going to do. Which order I it is? I think it's so bash, it be, isn't it? Well, oh. I, but I'm gonna. Pro- yeah, it's bash. Never mind. I'll see you next week. I mean, I haven't. <laughs> We're gonna do bash. No, we'll see. <laughs> and you guys have a fantastic Sunday. Yes. Yeah, Happy Sunday. <laughs> You make me feel so young. You make me feel like spring has sprung. Like the way he's speaking, his confidence is peaking. Don't like his baggy jeans, but I'ma like what's underneath them. Love is a battlefield. I'm almost through my.